A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. That point this week would be through chapter 17, up until, but not including, the first interlude of Jade City, the first installment of the Greenbone Saga by Fonda Lee. Hey there, this is Cross. And I'm PJ. I'm Ben. What up? I'm Aaron. And I am Thomas. And we are Words and Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike. We tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. Yeah, we didn't really go over that ahead of time. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't. We didn't tell you, but you know. Great job. I was intuitive. My name was in the the thing. I think I should say it. (laughs) Ben. (laughs) We talked about it before you guys got here. True. <laughs> Very useful. Super excited for today's episode. Today's episode, we're going to be chatting about chapters 10 through 17. But before we get too much further, let's talk about our featured cocktail. This week, I'm doing the featured cocktail. I was responsible. PJ was traveling. But it's not Ben and Aaron's time yet. It's not Thomas's time yet. And I just had a crazy birthday weekend, and I realized that I had no citrus in my house. And so... What are we getting? We've got an old-fashioned. I don't have anything (laughs) crazy to say about an old-fashioned classic ratio. Make sure you use Angostura bitters. You know, I don't don't know. Woodford Reserve. It's really tasty. Do you have an orange peel? Uh, I don't because I don't have any citrus. Mm, (laughs) Also sans orange peel. Since this is a new series with a potentially new set of people listening, and this is the one time we're deep diving into a single cocktail, Crossland, will you give us the recipe for an old fashioned? Oh, yeah. An old fashioned is a cocktail that I have gotten to a point of where I just know what it is based on pouring instincts. So I'm going to pull up a recipe because I am past that point now. So Generally speaking, it's two ounces of whiskey. So all of this is done inside of the actual glass vessel that you're going to be making it in. So it's served in glass. So what you're doing is you're going to be pouring two ounces of whiskey, generally bourbon, whatever you're looking for, though. You're going to follow that up with a half ounce of sugar and then two dashes of Angostura stirred, plop in an ice cube. Let that all kind of incorporate lovely. Generally take an orange peel and spray it over top, giving that a nice squeeze and serve. Delicioso. It's taste, though. You know, that's there's a reason it's a classic. You like old fashioned? Yeah, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> we need to make a, a drink called Golden Jade. Ooh. See, I have so many ideas that I've already written down. I hadn't written that one down, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take it down. <laughs> but. I had so many ideas written down and I was just disappointed when I went to my fridge after this weekend and everyone drank I everything citrus and I was like, oh, they, they weren't even here. PJ was the only one who was here for a solid <laughs> PJ drank couple everything. of hours. <laughs> yeah, I was Classic there. PJ. We got, we got there at what, midnight? And then I left at three. We got here at. 11, 11. And then we watched three episodes of Vox Machina, and then you left at three. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a good time. I was was a good time. Fucking tired at my show the next day. (laughs) (laughs) And then I walked 11 miles in a convention hall. Wow. Wow. Good job. Brutal. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Yesterday, I didn't do shit. So, by comparison, let's get a rundown of what everyone else is doing, though. What's everyone else drinking, real quick? 
What do we got? Surprise, Ben I and have... I are drinking beer. Woo! We've got Casey <laughs> Beer Co. Hefeweizen. Is that what we had last week? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think it's what you had last time. You had beer moses last time. Beer moses. Hell yeah, yeah brother. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, a local shop here. Casey Beer Co. Local brewery. Beer is spelled B-I-E-R. Around the Midwest. So you might look around for them. Red label. Very good. Very good. PJ, how about you? Right now I have a beer called Secret Lovers from New Anthem and Wilmington Brewing Company. And if you have been listening to the show for a while, you'll know that that is, those are two breweries that are frequently featured on the show, not by me, but I went and visited Crossland and left with four, four packs of beer. Is that (laughs) anime characters on the front? I think it's the brewers drawn in a very oh from far away it looked kind of like um, more cartoony style. It looked almost like Dragon Ball Z from afar. <laughs> it does kind oh, of. No, no, it's probably cooler from afar. But Luigi. Yes, but also, I've been drinking it for like forty-five minutes, so I might go get a cold one. one. <laughs> yeah, I have a cold one. <laughs> Thomas, what are you drinking tonight? So I don't like beer, unfortunately. So I have Thomas. Get out of here. I have <laughs> Mitch drink a little bit of rum that will remain na- nameless, no free ads. Tran pineapple and a lime. <laughs> All right, sounds tropical, beachy. Sounds Ocean spray, cran oh, pineapple or cran no free though, ads. Right? Fuck. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thanks so much. That was awesome. I'm super excited. Can't wait to do one of these. I forgot to tell you guys to pour a shot for the Devil's Cup, but we're we're past that point. So. Here we are. Now we're here. Before we talk about the chapters, though, PJ, Ben, Aaron, what did you think of this week's reading? How'd you feel about week two? I like this week. We I like this a lot better. I'm I'm more in now. Both feet. Yeah, I've jumped in. Totally ten toes down. I was I was already in, and I'm deeper in. We're getting more more of the like adversarial political, like interactions as opposed to the like internal ones which i also love but like these sort of chess moves between the two clans being really sort of out in the open is really really fun i would agree i'm 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 not 10 toes down yet but i am i'm getting there i would say i'm still trying to figure out and this is just because of the current role that i'm in on this podcast but i'm just trying to figure out who i'm supposed to be following still and like who i'm i'm cheering for so i think that personally i'm decided on lawn and that's who i'm gonna go that's be my guy my girl i'm i'm all in on Ait madashi oh wow mm. i'm a mata ma'am mata ma'am wow <laughs> mata ma'am <laughs> i like a powerful woman i like her ponytail no makeup i'm into that she did seem like a formidable foe. Hell yeah. So we're we're foes because we're both the pillars. Opposite pillars. Pillar v pillar. Classic us. <laughs> Fuck you, Ben. <laughs> oh, you like Lon? I'm going to like Madashi. <laughs> Even though Andy wasn't really featured as heavily this week, I still think he's who I'm going to gravitate towards. Cool. Yep. All right. Love that. I too. I have to say that. She's probably like Yeah. She's really growing on me the fastest. I'm I'm interested to see her storyline as well. 
Jay definitely got the least screen time of last week comparatively. And so it's really great to really kind of see that brought to the forefront yeah. this week throughout the throughout the pages. So I think I'll like her more when she stops pretending that she's not going to be involved in clan business. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move into the part where you are involved. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem Give like that's all of going your to yeah. you know yeah. put your jade back on let's get to it yeah <laughs> that feels like it's going to be a moment at some point she puts the jade on all right love it all right with that let's get into these chapters we start with chapter 10 the mountain house after being abducted from the boat day celebration and didn't find himself in the house in the house of the mountain clan under the auspices of gaunt ash and ite mata after an exchange of tea ite extends the offer to have andon join the mountain clan to lead their sn1 or shine production in egotan what do we is it i, I just is like it U- this egotan 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 yeah this is a y yeah it's egotan yeah yeah, I thought it was really cool to see, you know, the yin and yang. We we've already been at what's Lon's house called? The no peak. The no peak, isn't the house called something? The the, the estate. estate. The, yeah. yeah. So we've seen the call estate, and we've been there a little bit. So it was cool to get to see the mountain. And yes, I, and then they introduced this whole concept, or not introduced it. We kind of heard about shine previously, but. They shines more light on it. And then we're like, oh shit, the mountain's up to stuff. They've got all kinds of irons in the fire and they're causing all kinds of trouble, playing kinds of all kinds of games. And I think then you can kind of start seeing, like PJ said, a little more of the conflict that seems like it's going to arise it starts to come to the forefront a little bit more th- now than it was in those first nine chapters. I, I liked this scene especially with the exchange of tea, how you get a lot more of the sort of cultural pleasantries and expectations around these, like these meetings of who gets offered tea first and what does that mean about their station? All kinds of stuff like that. I don't know. It it made it feel pretty rich. Maybe it was a little bit ham fisted in describing it, but I'm fine with it. Yeah. The tea was cool for the tea was cool for school. I went to China and we, like went into a tea shop and like paid to have the traditional tea served and they like heat up your cup before they pour the tea in. And it kind of reminded me of like tea is like a symbolic, you know, you're sharing a glass together. You're like on the same level. So, you know, it was more than just, are you thirsty? Yeah. Little Andon. Oh, yeah, I, I love the tea scene, and I also love it because it does pre- present Ait Mata to us finally as this incredibly, like you said at the top, Aaron, incredibly intimidating woman and just sort of this quiet power about her, this like reserved energy. And it's so interesting to have that with Gaunt Ash in the room as well, of whom is this incredibly imposing figure and really like she's nothing physically to remark upon necessarily in terms of like being physically intimidating, but obviously commands the respect of everyone around her. And as we've heard the stories of how she rose to power to begin with, just murders everyone. And she's just like, (laughs) I want to have her armbands. Those seem cool. Yeah. Just absolutely Mm -hmm. decked out in Jade. It's pretty tight. It's like a razor wrapped around her arm. I thought the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) The way that they wear all of these things is presentational in addition to them being weapons is always just like nice, Mm -hmm. nice touch. 
really incorporating that in. As mentioned, though, obviously, we have the touch of the conversation around Shine, and I would love to get your guys' ideas on where the story is proceeding with sort of the Shine, the SN1 trade in production, and where your brain goes with what the fuck the mountain's up to. Can we just, like, confirm exactly what Shine is? So it, like, allows people that don't have jade resistance to use jade? Is that... Am I understanding that it's correctly? Like, it's like a condom for jade. For jade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like that. That's a that's a very the, simple the explanation. The description right now is still loosey goosey, so I don't want to okay. I don't want to step directly into defining it a little bit. Okay. But so far as we are aware, what Shine is capable of doing is allowing non-jade users to use jade. Okay. Um, so I do I do have a, to what degree we don't like, really have, you know. It means like for instance, Barrow, who could had Kekanese in him, he can use Jade, but not like an Aspenian who has no reaction to Jade. So it's without getting the it's it's resisting the sort of some of the negative things, and that's about all that we get is that it's you're not going to go immediately crazy like Barrow is with the itches kind of mm-hmm. from his perspective and that sort of hunger that he has. But then if, so that's, if that's about the description that we get, if it was so what, what race is Sampa? Okay. So it wouldn't allow an Abuke to use Jade cause they can't. Correct. Okay. So far as we know, so far as we know. Yeah. It makes so, me curious. Just like what the mountain <laughs> clan is up to. Like, I don't really get other than like money like what their motivation is to be like helping all these other people use Jade and trying to, it seems like they're and this is kind of, I guess getting into later chapters, but it seems like they're trying to control more of the Jade production. And then they're also trying to allow for more shine production. So more people can use Jade. So it's like, is this just a money play or, or power. what power or control? Yeah. I, th- I think it's, all of the above what's the end game i think the end game is allowing these outsiders to use jade with the caveat of when the time comes you're going to help us take over the rest of like our territory Mm. take over be the only clan left but it just seems like they would then don't don't they want to be special like (laughs) if i had this special jade power they still I would control want... the entire jade trade. <laughs> That's true. I guess you're right. If they've got control of the of the production of jade, then that makes more sense to me now. Okay. Yeah. Um, ben, what you just touched on though, that's what Andin presses Ite about. Mm-hmm. About like, isn't it a special Ketanese thing? Why would we offer this to foreigners? Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I I mean, like, if I was a special jade person, let me tell you what. <laughs> You'd be like Lon, so surprising. <laughs> I don't know if I would be trying to let everybody else in my special jade. You know, I don't know. I want to be special. Yeah. Ben, if you were a special jade person, you'd be moot <laughs> from the the middle of this book with the just the one stud on the tongue. Just wow! wow. That was, Dang, moot's a spy. Ben's not a spy. I don't know. <laughs> is he a good spy we didn't, we didn't clarify any of that. yeah i i just love this chapter and the way that it builds aimata as a character and it begins to kind of plant these seeds that obviously are going to pay off throughout the rest of this but i i also love how there's a lot of guilt that's explored through and in surrounding his parents in this chapter as well it's it's kind of in some ways in the previous section it was used as kind of a manipulation tool to kind of discuss but here you can still feel that kind of wrenching guilt 
in this idea of like going too far and what like the calls have given him up until this point and a lot of that it gives Andon an interesting painting over top of him and the fact that like even he he considers the fact of like throwing the tea in her face for a moment <laughs> man i when i reread that i was like that's happening no that doesn't happen and then had kind of that flash of like god damn it i wish he would have done that yeah probably yeah i think one interesting thing that we haven't touched on yet this chapter is the concept of whispering of a name Ooh. Mm. that's important foreshadowing we begin and end with a whispering of a <laughs> oh name my gosh this week as though that was planned, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, Mada. To do something like Mada that. Uh, really kills everyone, including her own adoptive brother. So that's pretty legit. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just minding his own business, hanging out with hookers, gambling, not going to take over. And she's like, "Yeah, you're dead." It's the way of the road. Yeah. Way she goes. Yeah. Am I the only I, one who likes Mata? <laughs> oh no, I love I love Mata. Mata is incredible. That's I don't know about the other two though. Nothing about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you can say you like but someone. Not- <laughs> <laughs> I like all of them. Okay. I also like all of them. Except Moot. Wow. Moot sucks. Yeah. Doro. But or Doru, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Round face. Oh, round face. Yeah, Doru nobody likes. Nobody likes not after this yeah, group of chapters. Hate Doru. Did you guys have any thoughts on I, the other two fuckers? I mean, people, podcast goers, friends. <laughs> the, her trail to becoming the pillar. Oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's brutal and seems to be entirely like a surprise, but you can tell it's commanded respect. You can tell it's set herself up for this. Like she seems to be more well-respected than Lon is on her side of things, but maybe that's just the little bit of exposure we have to her so far. Yeah. She definitely seems like she has a better hold on her clan. And then if you think about her, how ruthless she is, plus gaunt and like, he seems like he's just an efficient ass killer. No sleeves. Like the two of them together. Tough. That's true. Neither <laughs> of them scary. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to hide. One I think that, jade, one except for everything else. Stars. That's interesting. I think that our call crew is really going to have to nut up here if we're going <laughs> to, you know, take on the Mountain Clan at this point. <laughs> we have to figure some shit out on the call family side. Agreed. <laughs> calling it right now. They're going to nut up, as, as Ben said. And they're just going to take out the mountain in the next section, and then they're going to have. No conflicts. We're going to need a really... (laughs) I think they're going to need a really inspiring halftime speech at some point in this book to bring the team together. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's still on football. We're going to move to Relay Ball real quick, (laughs) right in the middle of the book. There's going to be like a little, you know, a full part that's dedicated to that game and what that sport looks like. Super excited. Really? Oh, sorry. I spoiled that for you. That's what Jade War is about. It's a metaphor. It's a sports metaphor. <laughs> it's a sports metaphor. <laughs> this whole book is about sports. <laughs> Red Rising was about bakers, right? And then now this is about yes. <laughs> yep. Exactly. 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 <laughs> that brings us to Go ahead, Thomas. Chapter eleven, where the pillar stands. Andon is returned to No Peach and awaiting Hilo, who takes him to Lon at the Weatherman's office. After to be after debriefing Lon. 
on Ait in the Mountains' move into the shine business, and in his return to Kyle Dushran Academy while the Pillar of No Peak, his weatherman and his horn, chew over Ait's plans and what they could mean. So, any immediate takeaways? Let's just all say Andy did a great job. He did do a great job. Did pretty well. I was proud of him. Yeah. He kept his head. He didn't throw tea in anyone's face. Sorry, Cross. I mean, like, you want that, but you understand why he didn't do it, you know? Like, and he, like, gets the message to Juan while, like, not talking to Hilo. He's like, she wanted you to receive the message. Like, everyone's really reading all the undertones very clearly. It probably helps to have perception. There's also the note right when he gets dropped off of him, like, worried about the mountain clan driver and like being very deliberately very very fast about closing the door after he gets out so they don't have the opportunity to like jump him yeah he he's not trying to get revenge or and he's thinking about the clan as a whole not about like fuck that driver and mountain let's go kill them all because they kidnapped me and to a certain extent he still has a decision to make like he he's still potentially he's been he's been given a choice that he hasn't officially made yet one way or another but it wasn't really a choice cuz he even said it's not a choice cuz then you know obviously no peak no. would have to murder him <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a quote unquote choice but that's how I saw immediately it. like sharing that information and letting the driver get killed. Then, then mountains on his head, you know, like he's kind of, he has to act with decorum to both sides at this point without like, so he doesn't just have a, a fucking target on him. Yeah. Don't want to start a Jade war, you know, mm. or is, has it already started? <laughs> has it perhaps begun? <laughs> that's a different book. <laughs> yeah you're right it can't be here i i'm totally with you i think that one of the things that i really enjoy the most about the entirety of andon's perspective that we're in for the segment here is how he approaches this and then also comparing the brothers reactions to andon's survival right so like lawn is like very like kind of grabbing the shoulder like hilo is like fuck them fuck them fuck them grabs the shoulder shakes and he's like are you okay and lawn meanwhile is very like okay obviously you're fine you made it here i never believed that they were going to hurt you give me the information and plays it much i just love i love that dueling perspective between the two i'd be fascinated to know if shay were in the room how she would react as well to the same information scene i feel like she'd be more like i don't know yeah i would agree she and hilo seem to be opposites but then doru is another reaction as well Mm -hmm. fuck doru fucking doru (laughs) (laughs) i knew he was up to no good (laughs) he's such a pliny or pliny (laughs) he really is for for some reason i thought all the doru shit came out in like three weeks from now and i was we were playing really coy last week and i was like oh no it's this week never mind what the fuck (laughs) am i thinking (laughs) yeah me too i was like i thought that that was hiding for a long time anyway no they outed him as a dirt bag yeah pedophile immediately Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) Yep, great we'll we'll get there Stick to this chapter. There's a couple interesting Doru things as well, as Aaron alluded to. He has a notable and interesting reaction to 
the mountain's plans for and it basically offering up him up as a hostage anything else? and he's yeah, like that's word, what we right? used to do in the old times i mean this is this is basically the sort of ward situation that the starks and game of thrones yeah great joys. what's it lannisters what's no it's the starks no. and the great joys leon or Theon. Theon. Theon Greyjoy. Oh, poor Theon. Like that's that's essentially what this situation is, right? Like Yeah. Send him there to ensure that like they would need a ward back there, right? Yeah. Yeah, who's gonna be the mountain ward? I almost said Gronk, but that's from that's from the Emperor's New Groove. Gronk? Oh fuck. <laughs> it's, it's Gronk. Sorry, okay. I think you're still thinking of the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> fuck that Gronk. <laughs> He's annoying. Different Gronk. Different Gronk. Anyways, I digress. Hashtag not my Gronk. <laughs> yeah, Doru, once again just feels like he's constantly scheme actually scheming against the call family like most of the time and like kind of doing it outwardly. He's very and cold, calculating. Don't know how we have not canned this man yet, but I hope we're Carl Sen likes soon. him. I know, but like why does Carl Sen like him? What's up with that? Maybe he knows something. Yeah, like well, they were probably up to some s- terrible shit together and Doria's like the only guy who knows about it. So he's like let's just kill keep him close. Let's just kill him. He's a good man. Got to keep him close cuz if he Sounds like we've got a conspiracy corner. <laughs> this might be. <laughs> Everybody to the corner. Go. I'm just saying, like, he seems to be like, every time he comes up with a suggestion, it's like, whose side are you on, dude? <laughs> yeah. So he, so he was like fully for like, yeah, let's send Nan in. Let's get in. It's good business. And then obviously we haven't talked about it yet, but we start seeing some weird stuff in the books that Doru didn't catch or maybe didn't report on yeah this was not a good set of chapters for him tough look it's looking yeah. all my friends hate doru you know? yeah fork for doru the weatherman i'm just gonna work in all the puns this week oh my god <laughs> all the puns <laughs> you're just punny as fuck today that's good it's surprising that you're not a dad <laughs> is he a dad <laughs> So they do, Doru, Lon, and Hila obviously are getting into this huge conversation about what to do in the moment and sort of the decisions that they make. And obviously Doru's kind of take on things is taken into consideration, but mostly shut down by the end of the section. And there's that bitter final word that he has as he brings it back up to Lon being like, are you sure that like he's bringing up the idea of like going to call Sennington and what'd you guys make of Lon's reaction? I was so proud of him. I was He's too. like, you're talking to call sent. I was like, I did a little air fist pump on that one when when he laid that line down. I was like, fuck yeah, man. Be the pillar. And I, I think he probably could have I go back and forth on it. Like he could have been more clear, like call Sennington doesn't matter anymore. But to to kind of evoke him as the successor and embodying the embodiment of his grandfather I think worked well but yeah I, I I almost would have wished we would have seen him try to separate himself from it more and assert himself as the leader and an individual as opposed to like no I'm embodying his position you know 
Does that make sense? Is that like articulate enough? <laughs> like instead of saying this is call sent, being like, no, I'm in charge. I'm call on. Yeah. Call on. I'm I'm the pillar. Call luncheon so, one. How dare you disrespect his just as a <laughs> lunch point of clarity? He says I you are talking to call Jen, not call Sen. Yeah. Because Jen is like the Oh, does yeah, he? Jen is the term of respect okay. because normally Doru calls him Lansa, which is like nephew or like his father calls him Lansa Kid, later. Boy. Okay. Never mind. Totally, totally I listened to it a bunch of times on audiobook today while I was walking around the, the convention mm-hmm. floor and that didn't didn't dirty or didn't enunciate well enough. There is like a second language that you start to pick up on as you absorb more and more of this that I, I really adore. And that's those prefixes, suffixes are, are huge mm. for terms of respect, especially. And there's like you get more with the the slain nature of it, how especially in like it stuck out to me having read it a bunch of times, how shifty it is in the first chapter. Even it's like it's respect, familiarity with the people. There's all these layers to it that are really fascinating. Yeah, this might be one to do more than one reading pass on every week. Yeah, as as recommended, my my thought process with this is like, I think the first three weeks of this, like you have to make sure that at a minimum you're reading it once or twice just to get some of those like material things. And then I listened to the rest of it for most of the series outside of like I would pop up in my book to like check names or like when something got really exciting, I'd like <laughs> fucking he was too slow. So I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I definitely recommend reading it. I'm not I don't dislike the narrator. I'm just not like a big fan of his so i sure. i would recommend reading as much as you can at least and then audio as the second supplement mm-hmm. that's what i'm doing and i found i like the narrator a lot more if i put it on 1.2 speed i do 1.3 yeah. exactly this is where i first sped up an audiobook mm-hmm. for the first time 1.2 <laughs> 1. 1.2 yeah. for the first time 1.3 for the second time See, I sped up my voice. Yeah. Oh. See, I sped up my voice. <laughs> Method for all reading. of you of whom are listening to this at 2x speed, you're already fucked because I'm talking at 2x, so this is 4x now. What are you doing? This is so fast. I'll talk. That's uh, slow. Cool. But back <laughs> back to the book, I thought Lan, Lawn did it. In Kansas, we say Lan did a great <laughs> job. My name is Crossland, so Cross I get land. it. Like, he really needs to nut up and make these lines more and like be like I'm in charge because if he has internal strife there's no way Mata isn't going to fuck him up. That's true. Damn right sister. Mata's, Mata's going to prey on that. She already is by that. being like I can't talk to you unless you put Hilo in his place. She's already like right. trying to put him in his place. Yeah they're scheming <clears throat> out there in the mountain just big time. They've been up to shit. Hell yeah. Do you think said out there and i just have to clarify it's up there because they're <laughs> oh yeah up. sorry up there no peak would be out there no i'm just <laughs> bullshitting i didn't i didn't get the bit until it was way too late so you know ben fun. and aaron would you say andy reed or the mountain have more complex schemes oh definitely andy and we're not biased and then it's like heisenberg slash walter white okay and then it's the mountain clan as far as people that All are right. In the lab, cooking up, and then crazy schemes. Plenty, and then No Peak is like way down here. Wow, guys, No Peak, no schemes, you know. No Peak has no. They're like, yeah, they're not even up to shit. Like in this set of chapters, they finally get up to some shit. Hilo gets up to a little bit of shit. 
it's like driving across Kansas. You can see the cop like a mile ahead of you, so you can slow down. Like that's no peak. You can see <laughs> the scheme, and you're like, I guess I'll bump down on my cruise control here, so I don't yep. get a ticket. Great call. Great call. Chapter twelve: A man named Moot. We return to Barrow, damaged and deformed from his encounter with the calls and makes, and we meet up with a man named Moot who hires Barrow to work for him and thusly for the mountain. This is a brisk chapter. Not not a ton to say outside of the fact that Barrow's back. We meet Moot. We get this perception of what seems to be the hunger for the itches. Would you Would you think? I just want to say I told you so. I yeah, knew Barrow would Aaron be back on this one. I knew it. And what a dick. He's like tripping Sampa, slashing his tires. Him and his round face. Sa- Sampa has the round face. <laughs> S- S- yeah, Sampa and his round Leave face. Leave him yeah. alone. <laughs> and lost his job because he got his tires like slashed that. and couldn't make his delivery. Like, what a I dick. Feel so bad for Barrow Sampa is not a nice person. <laughs> Sounds like the no, white he's... messengers need to unionize. Guy misses one day and he's fired. <laughs> 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 True. He needs no, a, yeah. a rent a bike. Barrow's definitely not a nice boy. He's an angry young man. He's a dick. I feel like he was like, I'm sure it could be argued that the itches are attributing to this a little bit, but I think I'm willing to bet he was always kind of a dick. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of incel energy off of Barrow. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes and seeks out Moot just so he can like fuck with no peak because now he limps and isn't handsome anymore. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what was his problem. His problem was, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not pretty enough. <laughs> no, man. It's all attitude. He just, yeah, I agree with Aaron. I think he's just going to pop up at a terrible time here and just really cause some yeah. problems. It was a mistake to not kill that kid. We stand for killing... Last time, kids killing children. <laughs> I stood really hard. We on talked the, a lot about not yeah, killing kids. I stood really hard on the platform of not killing kids last week. But such now, a nice guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Mixed bag. I don't know. Children. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe we don't want this kid around. <laughs> if it's a bad kid. And here's the question: Do they not? They don't have jail. Like there was no other, uh, there was no other option besides killing him or not killing him. There was no like turn him into the authorities. Yeah, just because it was like clan business. Half to death. (laughs) I think they (laughs) just decided. Yeah, I think they just decided to be like it's clan shit, and so they're like, we'll take care of it because it happened at our lantern man's house, or I mean, his restaurant. And seems like they're just like we're kind of the enforcers on the block, so he's not going to fuck with us. Or is he? But now he's going to fuck with Should've them. Should have thrown him right off the dogs. <laughs> My guy is definitely going to fuck yeah. with them. Also, shortest chapter in the book, right? The spar. <laughs> I there. All the interludes are about about this length, so there there are a couple that are similar. But yes, definitely the shortest chapter. Moot, I guess, is maybe the only other thing to talk about outside of Barrow. This sort of self-made man of whom is a, as we mentioned earlier in the kind of way back, the a spy on one side and kind of a loyal man on the other. What would you guys make of, of moot? Well, his name is spelled M U D T. So, I mean, it kind of looks like immediately you're like mud and that kind of just like, I don't know, informs his character. I feel like he's very muddy. He's dirty. Dirty. Yeah. He's just like clearly got his hands into all kinds of little stuff. And he's 
I don't know. He's just, he's a muddy guy. I'm interested on his story of being self-made or if he's instead like an actual, like active, like appointed spy, you know, but I got self-made meaning he didn't attend any Academy and he's doing his own Jade thing. Right. And that's what I don't know if I buy. Oh, you think he's a spy spy? I think he's a like a mountain greenbone that has been placed with this false story. Mm. To spy on No Peak. Welcome to the conspiracy corner. But now PJ. but now Barrow's <laughs> spying for the mountain on No Peak. I guess that yeah, lines up. Yeah, it still aligns. Ultimately, like I don't think that makes a difference and doesn't really change. I, I just I feel like there's something shadier lurking for this guy just to confirm he's like he's like paying tribute to no peak right but he's like passing information on to mountain clan okay now we move into chapter 13 a favor asked we cut to call shay living in a trendy village in jan loon she's still struggling to settle into her new experiences in her old home stuff lon stops by for a visit and with a task for his younger sister asked her to audit the Jade Mines record books. I thought this chapter was wonderful in terms of, you know, like scene building, world building. We learned a lot about Jan Loon. Yeah, she says she can wear her new Espenian wardrobe because of North Soto being gentrified. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the interactions between her and the cute boy in her apartment (laughs) were were fun. She doesn't say call and he's like, ooh, she likes me. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, I think the funniest part of that is he's not wrong. And she legitimately just forgot to say it because (laughs) she was flustered and liked him too much. (laughs) I, I fully believe that that person is one of Hilo's guys. Ooh. I thought it was going to go Romeo and Juliet, and I thought oh. he was going to be a mountain person. I think she's still, mm. isn't she still in a no peak area? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Lon asked Hilo to place men around her, and she keeps seeing him, so he's probably spying on her. Uh, <laughs> mm. yeah, I didn't <laughs> think about that. Conspiracy and then point, she's going to, opposite point. <laughs> she's going to like fall in love with this guy, and then she's going to find out. That he's a Hilo guy. Mm. And then she was like, you lied to me. I can't trust anyone. I was kind of thinking they were going to go down the route of he's a regular guy and she likes him and then they get involved and then he gets like brutally murdered as like <laughs> collateral damage in this <laughs> oh, Jade no. War situation. She already, she already <laughs> tried to hook up with a regular guy and that ended her back at square one. That's true. Yeah, so I guess between the three of us, do any of us believe this relationship goes well? No. <laughs> Definitely not. Or is there even a relationship? I think I think she just has a crush yeah. on a guy who ends up being She was very cute though. He loves guy. Mm-hmm. And then it was interesting how like nervous she was around Lon cuz like thinking of my own older brother, like if he came by, I wouldn't be like embarrassed if my house was messy or something. So like he's not just an older brother. He's obviously the pillar, but she's, 
she respects him as the pillar. She's not just like, what up, bro? Sit on my uncomfortable couch. Yeah. She definitely holds she's, him in a high regard. She's the middle child, right? No. Or she's, she's the youngest. Besides Andon. Okay, mm-hmm. so she's more than nine years and, younger. Yeah, she's like way long, younger. And then she was raised by Carl Sen, not her dad. Because he was already mm-hmm. dead. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's maybe a little bit of embarrassment too. Like she she's living in this comparatively much more meager place and it's not that well put together yet. And knowing that he's coming from this mansion and is like the most one of the most powerful people on in the city. I don't I don't know that she came off as so much like nervous, more as just self conscious. I'd like to jump in here. So we noticed that with Shay. And then we notice in chapter 11, Lon makes a comment about how Andon is always form, overly formal, almost if he's a, he's a guest in his own home. And then this is just me reading into things here. But it's like, it seems kind of like Hilo's the only one comfortable amongst his family and that Lon, Shay, Andon, they all have various degrees of uncomfortability when interacting with the siblings. I'm wondering if anyone has yeah. any other thoughts about something similar, thinks I'm crazy. Well, Hilo is also uncomfortable because he's like hiding his relationship, kind of living a double life. They're all like. Not really in the household, though. In the household, he's like a swaggering dick. Well, that's like what he puts on. I don't know. got to put on my swaggering dick. <laughs> As opposed to my casual I had not dick. picked up on that, but I do like that observation, Thomas. I think yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. Well, Andon has reason to be uncomfortable because he's really not a call. Yeah. And Shay, again, has reason to be embarrassed because she made this big <laughs> pronouncement that she's leaving and never coming back. And then now she's like crawling back. And do you feel like she's crawling back? Yeah. Like genuinely? Okay. I didn't get I, crawling back. I think she feels like she's crawling back. Yeah. I think she thinks she's given off that impression. Well, she, I mean, she literally gave up on all, she like set all these goals well, to she, go on her own, and then she came back. Well, she got her fucking heart broken, Aaron. Well, even, even then, she, like, tried to interview and stuff. She's like, this is so much harder when call doesn't mean anything. But she's still trying to do it on her own. The yeah, way, but it's still the way easy she's, when everybody does know you as call. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I see what she's doing right now is a little petulant. Wow. Ooh. Like, just take take the responsibility and then like do something good with it. Don't like shun the responsibility and try to like, I don't know. She could like do so much more if she just accepted her position. She could become weatherman, kick Doru out. Like it would make the clan a lot stronger if she wasn't like throwing a fit. Basically. I don't see her as throwing a fit, but it feels maybe not quite that aggressive, but almost like she wants to have her cake and eat it too. Like she wants to remove herself from the, (laughs) she wants to remove herself from the family, but she still wants to benefit from having the name. Yeah. I think that was, does she want to benefit though? Yes. That's why she came back. Yeah. I agree with PJ. I mean, I, I, I see where you're coming. Those are real like motherly vibes coming out of you right now. With that type (laughs) of tough love that you're giving to Shay. I'm a little more, I've got a soft spot for her, I guess. I don't, I don't see her as like, crawling back i think she's embarrassed 
about her situation. She took like this big giant risk that nobody in her family would ever do. Like nobody would even think like, it's like this thing that could dishonor her basically. And she risked it all. And then she got her heart broken because the guy that she chose is a dickhead dishonor on you dishonor on your cow. And so then she tried to figure (laughs) it out and had a tough time. And then she's like, I need to be home. I need to feel what it's like to be home. So that's to me kind of where she's at. And I don't think that she necessarily like wants to use her name. I think she is just like, this would be much easier. She does talk about that a lot. Um, And that does, I, I agree. That does sound a little whiny at times for the choices that she made. But if I was the same, if I was in that position, I'd be doing the same thing being a little whiny little bitch <laughs> and, and I don't know. I think she deserves like I would like I want to watch where she's going but I don't think that she's necessarily like I said I don't think she's throwing a fit so much as like trying to figure it out. I can I can get behind that. I stand by what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm just Ben I'm so with you there. I that as as the whiny little bitch who moved closer to their parents again. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't want to live in a closet in New York after everything that was going on was going on. It didn't make any sense and uh, here we are. So, I totally agree with you. Can you imagine being like someone who's an expatriate and then like basically not having a home on the other side because you're demeaned because of right. your race again and then being like well i guess i need to go to the place where i'm accepted and then at the same time you don't want to take part in that it's so it's such a tough spot to be in at the same time as like pj and aaron obviously are on the side of join the gang join the <laughs> right. gang what the fuck are you well, doing she's like shirking her Get with the program she's shirking her responsibility Hell and i though? think like that's not her responsibility it's, it's her responsibility yeah i think that I, you guys are fucked Unless no peak gets Shay back and the mountain, well, which is are we the team I'm on. Think about them like people. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm considering her as a human being here. A human being. <laughs> and human beings don't you're have thinking about the, You're thinking about the organization. <laughs> I mean, I so, think we do. So if, but well, like, when they murder people, when they murder kids, right. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I think not there's. So. <laughs> not now. I haven't I seen should've. any children be murdered. <laughs> No dead. So I I think the other thing to point out is that a lot of that rhetoric and a lot of the commentary on Shay not wanting to be involved in family politics and in in family operations comes from Lon, not from Shay herself. And it comes from Lon feeling bad about bringing her back in. It doesn't really come so much. And maybe there are a couple comments here and there about her, but she doesn't outwardly seem like she's opposed to doing these no she these i have a very active disagreement I, she's, she's definitely opposed, opposed to the idea she really yeah, yeah lon's, lon's yeah. trying to bring I'm, her I'm in about it lon's trying to bring her in and she's like what else and he's like nothing else she's like you're not gonna ask any more of me he's and he's like no i promise i won't even though he will we all know he's going to Right. I don't know. (laughs) He seems like the perfect older brother. So I think that's where I disagree as an older brother. I I can kind of get where you're coming from, Aaron and PJ, where I like, she does need to take, I think, kind of more responsibility for some of the choices that she's made and like not be so whiny about it. But at the same time, that's a very human response to like making some choices and being like, oh, shit, I fucked up and like this should be easier. 
and, and she's I just, could have done it this way. She's trying to prove herself on her own, but the I I think she's much younger than the other brothers. So she's growing up and she had obviously a different experience growing up than the boys cuz obviously Doru was pedophile to her best friend and so then she was like fuck the clan and I don't want to be a weatherman anymore. So he kind of ruined her path. But the way to prove herself should, I think she'll grow into realizing that the way to prove herself is by like taking on her responsibility, putting her jade on, being the weatherman, and supporting down into the family, supporting yeah. land, killing Doru. Ooh, she should kill Doru. I kind of have like more <laughs> respect for her though if she doesn't, because that's harder. That's the harder path. Like the harder path, the easier but, path is to just like put is, the jade is it, on and, is, is and that join the, the family gang. I don't think it's easier she's gonna have to have a lot of work to do to like piece this clan back together which is totally getting fucked from the shadows by doru and i'd like to disagree with ben a little bit i think the easy path is what she's doing or what she was planning on doing of coming back and benefiting from having this prestigious name and writing off actually doing anything for the clan she was trying not to use her name actively on every situation. Like every time that it was ever brought up, she was trying not to use her name. She was never trying yeah. to leverage her name for anything. No, that's, that's, that's the whole thing. She thinks about like, it. How are you going to get a job without telling them your name? And people, she, you're like the most famous woman in the No Peak Zone in Jan Loon. Very true. So how are you going to not? You're like Princess Diana sneaking away and like working at a coffee shop. Right. She's you know? definitely trying to do that. You're going to try, yeah, though. She's definitely trying. To, it's just <laughs> right. it's impossible. Right. And she, I think yeah. what PJ, She already like, tried to I, do that. She tried to do it. Well, she went to the other country, found that it was too difficult when she didn't but have... But the country the, was racist. So that's a little bit different than... So what I yes. think PJ's saying, basically, is... Yeah. So she's going to come in and take advantage of her ingrained benefits without feeling like she's benefiting from them. Like... She has this inherent privilege because of her name, and she's going to benefit from it consciously. Yeah, or I can understand that. And yeah, so it is easy to well be put. like, oh, I'm self-made with this tall name while neglecting clan business. That's, so I, I see what that. I would agree with that. Based but on what we know. Cro- Cross is no, right. I, I she totally like, agree with that for the record. Yeah, but, but she's, she's trying, trying not, not to. to. She doesn't want anyone to know that she's a call. Classic, then why did she come child. back to Jan Loon? Because she didn't have a home anywhere yeah, else. She, she did. She couldn't get a job, and her husband, she, boyfriend, she was husband, dating a fuck boy, boyfriend. Yeah, and he was fucking other chicks. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's heartbreaking. If you gave up your entire, like, basically, like, royal life <laughs> to go hang out with some douchebag in Europe, yeah, <laughs> with a douchebag. <laughs> And you then mean it like, was a douchebag, <laughs> and you came back home, and you're like, I don't want to jump back into royalty. Yeah. You mean like Harry and, and Meghan? Was like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just Harry I, and Harry and Meghan, H and M. Yeah, she yeah. couldn't. Yeah, the racism aspect of it makes sense, but like there, there are other places she could have gone. She also, yeah, she quit region. very quickly. Like even if she had to leave that country. Because she couldn't get a job there. There were other. There are other regions that she could have gone where she's not insanely famous. It's. It has nothing to do with being famous though in the other country. It is entirely to do with the fact that she is from. She's Kekanese. It yeah, just like yeah, there are. There yeah. are other cities even like that aren't that aren't Jan Loon 
that are talked about in this section. I can't remember the name of it, but where uh, she could go to Egatan with the bad food. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> if she really wants to be self-made, she has to distance herself physically from the clan. Perhaps we require more information. I just think Perhaps. that inevitably she'll end up back in clan business, whether she likes it or not. And then she you're can't. just like get on with it already yeah like <laughs> put your bracelets on help your brother out <laughs> all right all right this got long-winded <laughs> i'm sorry no that was fun. no it's good it's i mean it's it's an important conversation to have especially because i think it is very interesting surrounding the character chapter 14 gold and jade lon pulls on his friend woon poppy donwa to help him visit wisdom hall and have a discussion with the senator to propose a new law we see a flash of his experience with his father explaining the lesson of the history of gold and jade as separate forces within the country of kcon we then return to the conversation with the chancellor and negotiate a way to accomplish goals for both parties and maintain the alliance within the kja i love this chapter for me this is when this book evolves into something very different we start to get these political machinations in the background this was something that you guys had asked about last week like is it just the two clans running the whole thing and it's like no and i'm so excited to talk about (laughs) it because we get these we get these other pictures which is like the kj is this legit business that runs the jade assembly and then on the other side we have wisdom hall and these senators of whom are loyal to the clans but there's some degree of separation thoughts I, I loved the so i've got a few different thoughts first of all because it's immediately what you first talked about or last talked about the chancellor was a lantern man for the mountain clan is that what it was no for no peak was the it, chancellor it, that they're meeting is no peak it yeah. was no peak okay so that i mean there's the idea of anyone who wears jade cannot govern and anyone who governs cannot wear jade like, I, I like that as a like hard and fast rule, but that doesn't remove like clan alliances as you're seeing here with like they're trying to they're trying to be as unbiased as possible, but it's always going to have like your past can't leave you entirely. I'll I'll bring up my other points later as we get to it. If anybody has commentary on this immediately. My first thought was Woon Papidanwa sounded like a Star Wars name. I thought the same thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad somebody said that because I was about to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Woon Papidanwa. Woon Poppy, man. Poppy. <laughs> the pillar man. Yeah, I, I agree with PJ. It's like they're trying to be like, you know, the people leading don't have Jade, but it's it kind of reminds me of the figurehead of the Queen of England. Like, the government's like a figurehead and they have this like pomp and circumstance. Well, it sounded like they also have like a royal family too. Right? Yeah, they said something about like across the way there's like such and stuff. Yeah, they mentioned like a palace or something. There's an emperor. Emperor. Yeah. yeah. So they, they really are just a figurehead, right? That's what it sounded like, yes, to me. And then they do like the ritualistic like saluting the statue or at the end of the path or whatever. It seems like a lot of like formality to cover up the fact that like we know who's actually ruling here. Yeah. Yeah. Two things. I was very happy to get this information because I was wondering about it last time. This is a lot of good stuff. I was like, this explains a lot. Very important context and information about how this country actually works. So that was cool. Also, finally, like we were talking about a few chapters earlier, no peak getting some schemes going. 
it's important. It's time we started scheming. We should have been scheming a long time ago, but finally we're up to something. So uh, I bet Juan was scheming, but he's like doing it all in a nice way. He's too nice. He's a nice guy. He's just a nice guy. That's why we like him. You know, I don't think it's going to end well for him. (laughs) 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 It does seem like, and this kind of goes back to uh, a thing, a thing that we were talking about in a few chapters earlier, but like, Kind of what Thomas mentioned, where it's like Hilo very comfortable in his role. The rest of the family maybe not, and that makes them like not well suited for clan business. It feels like so that's going to put them in conflict as characters. I think which makes it exciting for us as readers to see these people that you know some of the I guess and then a thing to think about there is like some sometimes the people that are not the best like or don't want the job. And when they get thrust into that position, they kind of rise to the occasion and become great. So maybe that's something that could happen with with some of the Call family here as well. With Um, great power comes great responsibility. We'll see. But it seems like they're going to need to get better at this and they i just see a real ned stark in this character (laughs) it does not look great for him i mean it just i've fooled me once I'm not getting my heart broken again. Feels like he's just going to have a moon blade sticking out of his chest at some point. You're just going to be like, shit. And I'm sorry. We're not in this chapter yet. But like, he's leaving himself up in the last chapter. It's like, oh, you take all your jade off at a whorehouse? I wonder what could go wrong. We'll get there. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I also have thoughts on that. But I did like, I really liked hearing about the government and the emperor. That was like a throwaway line. So we don't know a lot about that. And then the golden jade setup, it's it's really smart because they're learning from the past when people with jade murder everyone yeah. with itches. This was like, it really colored the world really well. Like there, a lot of, we shaded in a lot of like background stuff that I needed to get shaded in here. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Stephen King, but it was great world building. We're not supposed to say world building, I guess, but no, he's just like people <laughs> use it wrong <laughs> more often than not. <laughs> they mean scene setting and they say world mm, building. Okay. This was world building. This, is yeah. world building. Was this was city, was city point. building. Yeah, this I just, I, I love Stephen. This is and Jan I just don't want him building. to be mad at me. You know, he's definitely <laughs> listening. So obviously, Who uses world building when they mean seed and set it. I want examples. That sounds like a straw man. A lot of fools. Let me hear it. Let a me lot see. of name fools. three. Not you, Stephen. Oh, Stephen, right now, Steven, name three. <laughs> I mean, okay, all right. Me. Those feel like such different concepts that it like I I I don't understand how they can be conflated for one another. I agree. But the problem is that a lot of people don't think about media in the same way that us do sitting here at this table. So I, I think that that's part of the reason why. Give Does this mean I'm an expert that, now? Like, PJ means that I'm giving you more credit than you you probably have deserved. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you're doing better than, you know, Jane Doe down the apartment line. Lay people are allowed to fuck up with like the dogs. That. Who cares? It's like if it's not a book reviewer making that mistake, like what? Calm down, Stephen. Relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those filthy peasants down there. They could, they they're allowed they to do want. whatever they want. Let people have casual. Well, I'm not going to allow Stephen King to be experts. Here. I think I don't like Stephen yeah. King. I agree. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I know, but I'm not going to allow it either. So, you I'm know, slandering here I am. <laughs> ben and I are puffing out our chest. My no, chest has been puffed. You're arguing them yeah, the whole time. I'm ready? Are we? Are we going? Are we? Are we gonna? Stop. Stop. Um, did anybody else? Cut! 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 It's getting weird. <laughs> I thought it was just getting good. <laughs> Raining this back in a little bit. Did anybody else feel like? Going into the conspiracy corner, did anybody else feel like there's some secret power that gold might have? Oh, I didn't that. consider that, but I do like that path. No, I think it's just money and power. What kind of go. secret power are you talking about? Do we think it like makes super jade? Something where like super jade, something sh- dangerous shit happens when you like you get like monster itches, jade and gold, and and shit, <laughs> impale yourself with it, Hulk. Yeah, you that is out. true. We haven't seen people wearing like jade studded gold For, jewelry, right? Right. No, I mean, what are the armbands that? Those are like specifically seem to not say gold. I think they're when described. Really? Post. I would go back. Post. Can you guys verify? Mm-hmm. I'll look it up. You're wondering about some gold details or details <laughs> in clothing? I, I think you're wearing just gonna have to wait a little. <laughs> I think PJ not, might be onto not, something. She's not wearing know. gold bracelets. No, her the thing wrapped up her arm with all the jade. Is it, I don't think it's, it's gold. Not it's not studded not in gold. gold. No. Mm. That's definitely not. Continue. I have the Kindle right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the chapter. Actually, kidding me still. I like that a lot. I need you know, a, a material, please. Yeah, I wonder if it's something it, it, like it. dangerous or if it's like super, super jade powers or what else it could be. But it, it gave me, there's money in the banana stand vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, very well said. <laughs> Rip Netflix. <laughs> Rip Netflix. <laughs> They're removing Arrested Development from Netflix. Well, I mean, anyway, that's you said, a side. You note, didn't say but... Rip Arrested Development. You said Rip. Aaron's just reading. Double <laughs> 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 checking. I forgot that I was tall, which makes me like her even more because I love a tall woman. True. Checks out. You, you Checks forgot out. that you were tall. No, I. Madashi is no, is tall, it. and I like a tall woman. I'm just saying more points for Mata. It's going to be really anticlimactic so, when you find out she's not. What do you guys think about Chancellor Stone tomorrow? He was, you know, he's scheming back. I think he knows that he can ask for things because Lon isn't a hothead. And he's not scared of offending because he's like, oh, th- he's reasonable. You ask for something, I'll ask for something in return. Yeah, he seemed mm. like he does a pretty good job of being unbiased, but that doesn't mean he's just not a pushover. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I liked this character. He was, he, he was a politician. Like yeah. he's very he's much very so a much politician. politician. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But better than Palpatine. <laughs> was really, for sure. You mean like he seems fingers? to work well within the constraints that are set set up for him, and um, he really seems to ha- understand the game. Like yeah. have a strong understanding of the situation. He did not strike me as like a full-on lackey or anything like that. Like he, he you, don't, you don't think he's a spy for the mountain? Cause you think everyone's a spy? No, 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 I don't. Hey, everybody's in the conspiracy <laughs> corner. When you're in the conspiracy <laughs> corner, it's a safe place. 
to talk about conspiracy. <laughs> not when I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're Aaron not in the conspiracy, conspiracy corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. conspiracy corner. <laughs> you're violating the tenets of the conspiracy I corner. I apologize. <laughs> I feel like Honda was killing my boy San though. She kept calling him fat. There's all these like the chairs protesting. Yeah, he like struggles to stand up. It's tough. <laughs> tough. Politicians. Yeah, man. and yeah, Lon called him like he'd be, he'd become soft and all that type of stuff. I do want to flash back the slightest bit to the moment with the statue that Lon has as he approaches Wisdom Hall, holding the lantern with the child, and he says, "Out of darkness in the." As the, I should say, the plaque reads, out of darkness in the memory of the mountain men who fought for Kikon's freedom and the brave citizens who aided them. I, I just think that this whole scene of like this sort of patriotic pride that's held at the front, obviously it's a capital city, that makes sense. You're going to have those memorials. But this idea that it's also related immediately to the clans and what they did for the country is very interesting in their founding. Yeah, it just really speaks to the amount of influence that they have. And there's really just a part of life there. And it's weird because they're gangs, but they're uh, the uprising. But true, they're like responsible for the creation of the country. So, and I don't know, is it in this chapter where we get a lot of history? And we we do get some it's it's spread out between, but we do get the flashback with with called do. Mm-hmm. And we do get some of that like meaty bit of history as Lon remembering his childhood and talking about the golden jade metaphor. Yeah, I I'm like starting to grasp like the history. So the who are the bad guys? Mountains. Shatarians. Or, the oh, the Shatarians came yeah. in. They like bombed everyone. I Ugantans. The shits. His son yeah. and young wife died. That's why he didn't have children. Like, and then the people from the mountain, you know, the green bums came down and liberated everyone. It is interesting to me. The liberators are from the mountain, and then they became separate clans, right? So, like, all mm-hmm. the green bones are they descended from the mountain to yeah, get the Shatarians, like- but now those people are also no peak in those two other clans that got absorbed or whatever. Are there only two clans now? No, there's no, like, there, there's a ahead. bunch of smaller ones, but no peak owns 35% and mountain owns 39 of, of the KJA. Yeah. KJA. Yeah. Okay. So they, they account for oh. over 70%. It's noted that the three run clan was recently absorbed because uh, I killed by all the mountain, all of their yep. families. Carol, <clears throat> you know, she just, she did. She's just whispering names. She got a walkie talkie. Yeah. Watch out. And I, the statue part was cool. Cause it was saying like, you could interpret it. I did like that. that was Either like the child is leading the soldier or the soldiers helping the child. There's a nice duality there. Mm-hmm. That's why I love that. And I wanted to bring it up for sure. Is it's just, ah, uh, it's so good. Um, so what was your speaking of soldiers have they mentioned the structure of the Kekanese military at all is that is that operated by the clans or do they have a separate non green bone standing military (laughs) cross isn't going to answer find out massive shrug yeah Rafo haven't talked about it yet while we're still in this chapter I wanted to touch on mm-hmm. a quote that struck out 
or stuck out to me rather from welcome to drinking on a podcast you're gonna miss you're finally not sick thomas i know my dude (laughs) tal do in the flashback little excerpt i want to read here lon's father ignored the noise and continued in a calm undertone a man who wears the crown of a king can't wear the jade of a warrior gold and jade never together we greenbones live by iosho we defend the country from its enemies and the wheat from the strong Kaldu held his son out at arm's length. His left eye narrowed and his expression grew thoughtful. After this war is over, after the Shadis are defeated, the clan will have to rebuild the country and protect the people from disorder. Ah, I don't think I'll be alive to see it, Lance. But you'll have to be a different kind of green bone than me. So there's two two interesting things that stand out for me. One, not that interesting. He says clan, of course, which is at that time the One Mountain Society. But then the you'll have to be a different kind of green bone than me. I wonder if we think maybe that colors how Lon lives his life today and how that could in turn color his relationship with his grandfather who so desperately wants Lon to be his departed father while Lon knows what his father would have wanted for him. I really like what you said there about how that informs his relationship with his grandpa that's that's fantastic and and I, the, the the reason i think that he's going to need to be a different green bone is like being a revolutionary and breaking something is a different that that calls for a different type of skills like than ruling something and and leading and so and le- we're so comfortable talking about this because of red rising right go read those books <laughs> but yes breaking and building <laughs> breaking and building yes mm-hmm. and so yeah it's much easier to kind of like do the breaking but the building part is very very difficult and calls for a lot of different skills and a lot it, it asks a lot of the leader so yeah that's that's a great point i love that idea of how that re- informs his relationship with with the big call. Yeah, it, it makes you think that Call Do was like war weary, war weary. And like grandpa's like stuck in a flashback living the glory days. Like, let's be honest. Like he's like, You wanna fight? Hey, he's still treating it treating it like the Korean War, the Vietnam War, like any PTSD flashback right. that you know ever has existed. And Lan and Lon just has like a different understanding. Every time we say, sorry, Lan and Lon, you guys ever seen Star Wars and Lando mm-hmm. calls him Han all the time? Yeah. That's what I think of. He calls him Han like instead the entire time. Yeah. Instead of You're Han, right. yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's just something I guess is a choice that he made. I don't know. Damn. Some would say it's because Lando's a dick. I don't know. Maybe, been, maybe he was fucking with Han Solo. <laughs> it would be. Would it be Lon? should be right because the the it's, 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 it's no, lawn and it's the, gotta be he does lawn, say lawn yeah. but but my point was more like the actual english pronunciation of like the vowels i'm pretty sure it's lawn yeah yeah anyway but yeah he's because like lawn shin one that's why yeah. it's it's because of the hop vowel anyway sorry english but yeah i mean he he has a totally different understanding of like what is required of him in his role and so like it just makes it difficult that grandpa's still alive and grandpa's got this whole vision and grandpa's stuck in the past and living living out the war like every single day of his life and it makes it difficult to navigate that because you, you're just never going to be able to reason with it and if he's never going to understand what's required of lawn 
how is he ever going to live up to like his expectations? That is very well said, I think. And then also there's another interesting, incredible. What'd you say, Cross? I said incredible. Uh, that was it. There's an, another interesting tidbit in the flashback that I think kind of alludes to that, where it's basically when Call Sen and Call Du would uh, would show up in the house, the Lon's mother and grandmother would like worship them basically. And so it presents to me almost as if Lon might be the only one who knew the real Call Du or like does now because Call Sen is stuck in the past worshiping his dead son. Everyone is worshiping him and Lon had this different experience with him than anyone else. Love that. I'd love to gather outside of that general thoughts on Call Du as a father in this moment. This is kind of the first time that we're really exposed to him as a dad. And we, we get this quote also that is like, curse that howler demon of a baby, <laughs> which is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does feel very sad, but there, but there's that whole concept around like that being a wives tale of like a screaming baby is going to be a superior Jade warrior. I just want your, your picture of call do as you imagine him now. Well, they say he's basically an absent father. Like he's never around. And then Lon is kind of, worried he's asking too many questions because he doesn't want him to like go away you know and then we get a sweet moment where do gives lon attention and tells him about golden jade but they they allude to like he's not around much and i don't think it's like because he doesn't want to be there you know it's like he's just got this higher sense of purpose and duty at this point in his life and so he's not able to be a father as much as he would love to. I think that if he was like not a freedom fighter, be a very loving, I get the idea that he'd be like a very loving, good father, but because of the circumstance of his life, he's not able to. And so, but he has these great moments where he's able to kind of shine through. Mm -hmm. Loving, but maybe a little bit gruff, a little bit tough. That seems like part of the culture. That doesn't make, yeah, for a bad father by any means it, it is this thing of purpose versus family and and there is this sort of like core theme of like what's what what's my duty to country what's my duty to my people what am i doing for the future and at the same time my family's going to benefit in the long run as we've obviously witnessed but at the same time there's that absentee father problem where it's like i did all this work to create a situation lost me because of whatever happened Ugh. It's rough. It's rough lot to be dealt. Can't help but feel bad for the man, despite like hoping that he would have chosen differently. Sure. I don't know. I, I've got I've got mixed feelings on the whole bag. It's tough. It's just those difficult. Every like, revolution needs a leader. Right, those but. human choices that we all have to make. Obviously, not to that like degree, but that's just that's why life is so kind of bittersweet sometimes and and difficult to to navigate. Fuck Fonda for putting this in within the first hundred pages, you know? Like, what the fuck? Do we know yeah, how nice Caldu died? What's Do up? we know how Caldu died? No. I don't think we have that yet. Okay. I, uh, I'm assuming it's in the war. Or maybe we'll find out Doru killed him. Dun, dun, dun. 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 <laughs> Giant operatic piano. Princess 2, 15, a bargain with demons. Hilo approaches a biter Dane called the Chrome Demons, who have been wreaking mild havoc in No Peak territory, and offers them a deal. They can avoid No Peak retaliation and taxation so long as they limit their crimes to mountain-controlled parts of the city, 
and bring Hilo information on the Carver Tem Ben. That's Game. a move, man. Yeah. But to to start it out with the admiration of the bike and then I for one really thought the what do you appreciate more, your bike or your face was going in a completely different direction. But I loved that line. <laughs> yeah. Where did you think this it struck was going? me as like I I thought I thought it was going to be like he gets to choose which one to keep. Okay, so those mm. be similar but worse. I well, I thought it was instead of him attacking his face after he says I like my face more, I thought it was going to be okay, that's my bike now. Okay. <laughs> and also, here's the deal. It was awesome gang shit. I feel like we've seen, you know, lots of versions of this. This is like this struck me as very movieish movie scene moment. Cinematic? Uh, yeah, which I really appreciated. Yeah. I saw that too. But it's a, it you kind of see Hilo um at the end of it when is it Mike Tar? Which Mike is it? Make. But make I think it's Mike it Tar. Yeah. Tar who's like Neil bitch and <laughs> Hilo is like, well, we don't need to like shame him more. Like Hilo's being pretty level headed and Yeah, we're actually seeing him do like a this is he's like good at this. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so Hilo, he's like being a dickhead, obviously, to these other dickheads, but <laughs> he's like doing it in a measured way. Like right. he he's like doing it for a purpose. Yeah, he's like Hilo is a hothead and a dickhead, but he's competent at this horn job, I feel like. This this seemed like I, a I, good move. And even though he's a hothead, he's still he's still like considering like he with the mountain, he didn't like fuck anything up. Right. You know, he's not like such a hothead he's that still, he's not yeah. scheming. And Lon mentions that at one point, like he still has a lot of respect for like the hierarchy and mm-hmm. the gang structure. So he's just really in this gang life. Credit to our audio boy where it's due. This is one of those moments where he actually acts out the whole thing. And it feels like Hilo is in the room, like waving his hands around, being big and grandiose and being like, who's going to step against me? And that's what I loved about it so much is like versus the portrayal immediately in the text. This gives the sort of sense of like opening it up to the room. Like what, what are you going to do? And it just sort of gives this context that I adore the audiobook for in the moment. That's a good point. Yeah. Those moments are few and far between. I feel like compared to some of our other like red rising, red rising and Michael Kramer with, with like, yeah, Mistborn, like this feels a lot less emotional in the audiobook, but this was a very, very well done scene in that respect. And we got to see some jade powers. Yeah. That was interesting. And you see these like hardened criminals real like they know that they are gonna get fucked up. <laughs> they have no they're powerless yeah. to this assault, basically. And it's crazy that like Greenbones are walking in here with like what like knives and their jade and basically and like these people have guns and they're not scared of them at all and they don't stand a chance so i mean that like informs a lot of like what a green bone can do like that they're gonna step into a room full of gangsters with guns and not have any issues at all there's some interesting like meta textual thing here for me with like Akira, which is one of the biggest animes ever. Right. And, and it's like, this is this big motorcycle gun gang in cyberpunk future. And this is like 
basically fondly stepping in and being like, Akira couldn't exist here because of the green bones and, and then showing that off throughout this chapter. And I love that. It just fits in my brain perfectly for the, for the context of the medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really puts like the green bones in context within the society. Cause like this motorcycle gang sounds like some bad dudes, like they're up to bad stuff, but like the no peak clan and like the green bone clans are on a, entirely different level from these like common kind of what seem like just street level criminals. It, it's, yeah, I mean, the clans are a pseudo government yeah. at this point. And it's, with a lot of like a major amount of power, just like incredible amount of power, both physical and kind of hidden power. It's surprising to me that there are gangs like this and so much crime when you know, I don't know. It's like Gotham City. Like everyone's corrupt, top down. Mm. <laughs> well, it's like I, why is there so about- much crime when there's like green bones who should be like superheroes, but they're all just criminals. Well, they they protect the Lantern Men, so it, it's almost like a an extortion ring of hey, there's all these criminals going around. They're fucking your shit up pay us for protection yeah and like isn't that kind of criminal why don't they just like absolutely that's why they're not actually government (laughs) the city needs green bone batman green bone launching one (laughs) in two chapters which i'm sure we'll touch on more than there is a distinction about how there's like the green bone crime is obviously rampant in the city but like other cities foreign cities are rife with like traditional crime whereas Jan Loon doesn't have that problem because of things like like the chrome demons were causing a problem for X amount of time but then Hilo rides in and he's like stop so mm-hmm. there's that implication that like this type of general criminality is stamped down okay so they don't operate within Jan Loon no, they do but it's like a weird where it's like there is obviously crime and vice and stuff but it's like it's more regulated than rampant so it's not gotham that's so that's what lon (laughs) says how much we want to believe him up to us in chapter 17 this week he's basically talking about like what's allowed what's not allowed like to the degree to which the green bones enable some of these things like gambling or otherwise Mm -hmm. i just brought it up now because there was a little bit of discussion on it bits right what did we make of Hilo as a manager in general we touched on a little bit but i think there's a little more there he feels like a very, I don't know, he feels like in this moment, this is the first time where I'm like, okay, he was pretty competent at his job and seems like he has a pretty good handle on it. And he has like a good feel for his people. And it seems like, and and then we learn like how loyal we kind of touch on that in the first, on the first podcast, but we get more, even more information on that here where it's like the clan loves him. So he's clearly got some positive things going going on for him and like you said he seems to be a a pretty competent gangster he's effective well he was effective we don't know (laughs) about the future (laughs) you're worried about him not being effective in the future because he's dead (laughs) oh perhaps perhaps i know i was like they don't all dead in the future show me the body is what i said that's very Anyways, true. That's Cross. for that's, that's for the future. <laughs> All right. 
experience. I, I do I do want to throw one more thing in here, which is that what do you make at this point? We've gotten some time with the make family. We've got Wen, Tar, and Ken, right? Yeah, our- make Tar Ken as the as the trio. What do you guys think about the the make family on the whole? Where do we stand? I'm not sure what to think yet. I'm trying to figure out if they're just kind of like bitch boys or <laughs> if there are, is like some bitch, real s- bitch boys with a horse sister. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. I did not. All right. <laughs> We've already been derided for. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just not. Like, I'm not sure if they're like bitch boy Aaron boys for Hilo and just like his dogs or if they're like there's actually substance there. I'm still trying to figure that out. I see him as bitch yeah, boys. I got the twins. Okay. Right. I'm inclined to think the same way, but I'm really not sure. Yeah, right now. Same way with whom? You have two different. With Aaron. Yeah, I would lean bitch boy as well. They are bitch boys. Yeah. But I am open to being wrong. Maybe they're too loyal. Maybe. They seem like dummies. They seem like they're kind of dumb, like kind of thick. What was that, Grassland? What did he say? (laughs) I said I'm open to being wrong, and he, under his breath, said, that's a first. (laughs) That's a first. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically undercutting in the moment. That's <laughs> but yeah, they're dumb bitch boys. They they're like they're he, they're they are the hotheads. <laughs> dumb bitch. All right, so they're not just bitch boys. They're dumb bitch boys now. <laughs> like they're the hotheads. Well, yeah, I just don't with, think with a hot sister. Yeah, right. It seems like I don't. Yeah, that's what I said. Hot sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just seem like more like muscle thug type, and they're good at it. And I, I don't have a good read on like if they're doing anything else other than that. Yeah. They seem like Hilo's thugs that he has not a lot of respect for. But they're yeah. very loyal to him, so that makes them look dumb. Aaron, you said maybe they're the hotheads. Does that mean you think Hilo is erroneously presented as a hothead, or was that just a meme? No, like when Make Tar is like, get on knees, bitch. Mm-hmm. And Hilo's like the one considering like, oh, that was too far. Like if Hilo's the one saying you went too far, then you're probably a problem. <laughs> Raining in the fists. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I got you. So you're point. saying, more. which is the horn's job, but yeah. So you're saying basically like at least make yeah, maybe runs even hotter. Yes. Maybe okay. Hilo's got a bad rep. Maybe. maybe he's the one who killed Hilo. Maybe people are just out there trying to like spread rumors about Hilo. <laughs> Aaron is predicting <laughs> for like a time time of which no one, no one at the say. end of this chapter at this group of chapters, they say the mountain whispered his name. and He's covered in Hilo's blood. He's covered in blood in blood. And he says the mountain whispered Hilo's name. I don't think we're there yet, Aaron. Well, now these two slippery Snakes <laughs> make me think he's not I dead because they're all confused. <laughs> we 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 have limbs fully for the record. <laughs> like, let it let we it be now. Reacting to you um, using present tense, dead. I thought you were talking yes, about like an versus earlier past chapter. tense. We were. I was yeah. like, what do you mean? Well, I was like, Hilo right now is alive. <laughs> I know. In I'm ready. Exactly I'm ready for. She's ready to get to the end. Got you. <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, we've got chapter sixteen. Yeah. Where we return to Shay as she made her way to the interior of the 
the interior mountains of the island of Kacon to inspect the KJA Jade Mine for Lon. As she explores, she's overwhelmed by the sensation of power while searching for any hints of the mountain's interference in its operations. Through her perspective, we are given a taste of her hate for Doru before we, are, we stumble upon or onto the question of why Gaunt Ash's signature would be on a page of a financial document for the mountain. And this is just, this is such a rich chapter in so many ways. It explains some of the like literal earthen bits of the world. It gives a foundational myth for the first time of the whole story. There's so much that I love here. I just want to hear the thoughts of our gallery. This is my favorite I, chapter. Yeah, mine too. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. 100%. This is my favorite chapter so far. <laughs> That's, and this is like informing me like a lot of why I like Shay so much already. Like I just extremely interested in her story. Really want to see where her character goes. And like, I love kind of her being a little detective here. And I hope that that vein continues where we get her kind of getting deeper and deeper into a conspiracy that mm, she conspiracy can, Shay. <laughs> that's why we like her. <laughs> uh, that she can Shaylin son. <laughs> that she can uncover, and I don't know. Maybe that does end up pulling her back into the clan. But I feel like maybe it's in a way that feels more right to us, and that she's like pulling herself into it. She wants to solve the the mystery. She figures something out that needs her family needs to know and is using that information to like save them from some certain destruction or something like that. I, I'm not sure where this is going, but I like all of that kind of as a setup possibly for her. So she seemed to be enjoying yes this sort of deep dive too. Definitely. Yeah, like she needs she needs a she needs purpose. And this is giving mm-hmm. her a purpose and then she's getting intrigued and then find she finds a clue it's not just like a boring nothing's happening and she's clearly like very good at it too. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so she's my, an incredible accountant my commentary from earlier where i mentioned that lon was the one that like primarily was talking about not wanting to get shay dragged back into the to, to the family stuff and her not really expressing that that's this chapter that's why like that's why that's in my brain is because of this chapter where she like she's into it she's really having a good time doing this and there's no like i no begrudgingly working on this stuff from her so like that's why that's why that commentary came that makes sense that makes a ton of sense in in post because she is enjoying this but i i don't think that she wanted to believe that this was clan work she was just doing what she's good well and she even said i'm just doing this as a favor to to her brother yeah Mm -hmm. like she makes a point this isn't for the clan it's a favor to you i thought it was really Mm -hmm. cool seeing the mines and how like even without wearing jade she couldn't go I thought that was awesome um yeah like down in the mine and then there's like a sign yeah proximity (laughs) yeah like Attention, caution, yeah. if you are not Abuke, yeah. proceed no further. Yeah, that's the, that's really what the like sign that. said. And then it was like, he's like, bitch, you read the sign? <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm fine. 
how much she could feel that power. Just. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, and she's that dude was so fucking pissed. You can go watch his game. <laughs> yeah. He's missing the Super Bowl. <laughs> he missed he missed his midweek relay ball game. Yeah. You know that's that's a problem for him. Well, he I mean, didn't though. Like he listened me. to it on the radio. Well, it's, it's a very Thomas behavior for sure. You're right. He didn't miss it the whole way through. But still, like the supervisor throughout the whole thing is a funnier character, and I enjoy his bit throughout the entire thing. But I also want to talk a second about the foundation myth that happens here that we get from this perspective. And I adore this as an idea of like, we, we have this new world, this new universe, and all of a sudden we're presented finally with a reason potentially for the green belts existing. Right. And as it said in the old Abake myths, Shay remembered Kainla telling her as a child, the first mother goddess, Nimura, Nimurana, Numuma. fell into the ocean and perished from exertion after creating the world. Her body became the island of Kaycon, and the veins of jade that ran under the mountains were her bones, her green bones. And that transition into this desolation <laughs> of this holy site yes. is so fucking crazy, <laughs> and you'd never see that in a regular fantasy. Yeah. Like, a traditional fantasy would never treat this like a resource. It's so cool to see an urban fantasy be like, we need to yeah, mine this shit mine up. This we need to make that shit like real right now, right now. Buddy. Grave diggers. Yeah. That what that juxtaposition right. was exactly. crazy. Oh. Yeah. What this reminds Loved me it. of, like heavily, is Moana. That myth. Mm. Yeah. It's the whole yeah. like the volcano goddess person who's all angry. And then Moana comes and sings to her and brings her back to the heart of the ocean. And then she becomes this lush land. Mm-hmm. It's very Moana. It makes me think of the song, too. Of course. Did you want to sing? No. Okay. It's a great song, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were right. But- <laughs> is this so jarring for you because it is in a relatively modern setting? Because obviously this mining has been going it's not on jarring. for centuries. I, I don't want to say that it's jarring. I, I just think that it's an interesting. It is the natural development of a society that knows that they have something magical, right? Or like they have something that is unobtainium-esque, which is just this idea of like we can take something and we can utilize it and sell it and manipulate it across markets. But in the beginning, as it, so like let's say we were in a classical fantasy setting. If you were setting this back then, I would imagine as like rural china and they would be witnessing the green bones and those of whom are able to touch it might be able to fetch a couple of stones they'd have some brief magic because they could hold those stones in their hands and they'd be crazy we're now extracted generations from that point and now we've hit a point of where mining it makes sense economically and we're going to build that up and we're going to try to export it we're going to create it into a good and so we've we've lost almost some of that initial magic of the whole system because we don't have a respect for the mythology in the same way. I think that's so cool about the way that this urban fantasy is developed. Mm-hmm. Capitalism, it's baby. Well, yeah, it's also... Yeah, it's, it's capitalism <laughs> inside of... It's point. It's like, fuck you, Mistborn. Here's what a real system looks yeah. like. It's also pointedly not their mythology, though. It's the Abutai who are we see are clearly mm. presented as second-class citizens. Yes, because they're the origination point. So they're also... the the natives of the environment. Yeah, and the are descended from, from it the too. Two. And they're mistreated. Yeah. So they're the real like settlers to the region. 
It's like it was an interesting bit of right. like real world stuff too. To, oh, it's so good. good. You're 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 totally correct. The the tune versus the Kikinese slash, which is really the tune combination descendants with the abuke is what makes this whole story so fascinating because it becomes one of gene genealogy we could hop back six centuries and you could tell a really interesting story here but it wouldn't be the same one that we're getting now it would be so different it'd be divorce it'd be swords it'd be shields it would be fighting over like people believing in this whole ritual site of which they were able to like bow down before and then claim magic from there's just so much here that could that is rich for plundering but because we're modern we're mining it because that's what would happen it's very cool it does feel reminiscent of the rings of power's interpretation of the origin of mithril yes like that i wonder i wonder if there was a i don't know I wonder if that's connected in any way. It reminded me of real world when the Spanish invaded South America and the New World, where the you know the indigenous Americans used gold not as a currency like the Spanish did, but as like a sacred religious artifact and temple and all relic. relic. Thank you. And they used I I don't know the exact, but like bluish beads, I believe, was the equivalent of currency for them. Yeah. So it was correct. Yep. And so you have this outside power who's pillaging and use the, the the sacred thing as only a commodity but the sacred but thing also, also gives you magic powers yes there's that added layer right instead of currency it's magic and especially contrasted against chapter 14 this idea of like power being mined from the earth is its own problem and thing and that's what the jk is there to deal with is like they're like we can only take so much out and we also are like trying to preserve what the what the world has access to at this point. And so there's a fun economic balance there. Fun for me as an economist nerd and a society nerd and like all this shit. But I love this idea of there's only so much power out there. We can only mind her green bones for so long. There's only, there's only so many Jade warriors that could exist at a time until we get well, shine. Right, yeah, Cause you can, well, but even then, they have to have Jade still one. Jade. Then you got to start killing people, stealing their bracelets. <laughs> yeah, By the way, sounds like a Jade wrong. War to I'm me. Wrong. By the way, PJ can does, doesn't. I can <laughs> tell you that I Madashi's bracelets were silver, specifically silver. All right, not gold. Jeez. Not gold. It's crazy no. that I wasn't intentionally saying. That. <laughs> hmm. I found it myself. Hmm. Cross. Good, appreciate good you work. good work <laughs> thank you the final point of this chapter that i want to bring up is the relationship that shay has with yoon dora upon mm. and this is what we've been talking about before with yoon and dora being like a massive issue of course and this is her closest friendship and this is what also led shay to leave the clan to begin with this sort of idea of this hierarchy of power pressing her naturally and like pressing down even though she was meant to succeed him and also having this sort of misogynistic manipulation that was happening from the top down and her grandfather agreeing with that deep, deep sin for Yoru, Doru. Yeah. Pervert, kill him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Pervert, it, kill him. <laughs> it, was, it was a tough moment. For I'm sure. excited for Shay to fucking 
I was clutching my pearls reading that. I just, I did not know. I was like, it's yikes. Agreed. <laughs> yes. I was, yikes. What, how, how young was she at this point? Like seven. Not that young. Oh, 13. She was that young, yeah. 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 <laughs> 13. Yeah. She was teens. Yeah. 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 But still. It's I mean that teens. doesn't change the no, 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 right. stance, but I no. And yeah, the grandpa saying does. that well you don't know what was done to him. It's like, well, we don't need to keep perpetuating violence. And that just shatters her world her viewpoint of him like Well, and her grandfather w- raised her like I know. she didn't know her dad, so it's like No wonder she ran away with a Espanian, you know? Espanian fuckboy. No, Espanian, no. we love you so dearly. The rest of us have listened to the audiobook. Espanian? Espanian, sorry. Espanian. Espanian. I've been listening. I still, I'm but still yes. saying shit wrong. Like reading yeah, it, it does so kind good. of so good. We'd go like, what'd you just say, Cross? Like, Espanian? And then, like, because I always think Spanish influences for them, even though they're not really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. We don't like Doru. And I hope that. Shay is the one to uncover his corruption. Ooh, that would be nice, yeah. And I, get him killed. I don't think you're wrong in that that claim you made earlier that he killed Do. I don't think I don't. Aaron, you said that earlier. Yeah, and I said Doru did it. Onto that. Yeah, I think I you think might be Doru honest on there. This isn't conspiracy. This is no. This is. Uh, I'm clair- like I'm clairvoyant. I know. <laughs> I just know. Welcome back to the corner. Clarence. <laughs> we love that. We stand that actively. Here's a question. Do we think Shay told anyone besides her grandfather about what Doru was up to? I don't think Lon knows. Mm, I would say I hope he doesn't know. That's going to would he really keep him around? That's going to really hurt my feelings if what, Lon knows and what else would about it? be his source of like <laughs> hatred towards him though. Like he like Lon, Hilo and Shay all separately really fucking hate Doru and like think of him as a gross old man. Hmm. Like what else could that be from? Yeah. And I mean like I I, I understandably maybe it's just general generally the way that he carries himself that like has shown him to be this person without that knowledge but i'm on i don't know i'm on i don't think she told anybody yeah no i think hilo would have killed him or tried to no that's a good point and i don't think i don't think lon would have put up for with him for as long as he did or for any amount of time in general yeah if that had happened. There's an interesting bit in one of the chapters we covered last week where Lon notices that he has a difficult time keeping secretaries and that they seem mm. to be getting younger and younger. Notices that Gross. Mm. Blouse with a, like see-through and you can see her bra, basically. So Oh, now mm. I remember that. It's interesting, like... Is it interesting or is it fucking creepy, right. Thomas? It's, well, it's like, so if he does know, like... Yeah, if he knew he would be able to connect those, those dots he at would, that point. He, would, yeah. like, he wouldn't mean? even make commentary of it. Yeah. Like that. Thomas and I were stuck on whether or not we talked yeah. about this at all last <laughs> week. And we were like, nope, we'll see if they pick it up. <laughs> we, it was one of those moments <laughs> where Thomas and I were figuring this out. 
And yeah. I do remember thinking about that in the moment when I was reading yeah. it, but it just didn't stick in my head. And I kind of, I mean, up, so. I originally saw Doru more as like, not to bring up Red Rising every five seconds, but as more of like a white, like a asexual. Mm. I didn't, I didn't see him as first as, you know, he was just like a perv. A, no, <laughs> no, originally. <laughs> I, no, you didn't see him as a perv. I didn't see him as a perv, right. No. I didn't see him as a, him as, as, as the you know, gay or straight or, you know, I saw him as just like, all he is is a scheming political person. So initially I thought of him as the guy of whom is the one of the, I think it's James Hong who plays Shi Fu in Mulan, like that advisor yes. of whom has like hat, that's the, how like, I, narrow hat mustache. I thought, that was my picture of Doru, and he even is almost played very similarly, and he's like almost mush, mustache twirly, and then he's a pervert, and you're like, oh my fucking yeah, he god. Very so now he's like the sultan from Aladdin. Yes. He's got the pervy mustache. Yeah. Right, right. For sure. No, it's a my goatee. All he wants to do is sure. feed practice to, what's his name? Yada. A bird. Yada. That's not all he wants to do. He wants to put Jasmine... His niece? Anyways. Daughter. I thought it was his daughter, yeah. No, Jafar. I'm trying to say Jafar. Uh, no, Jafar. Jafar. You were saying the Sultan. Sultan. The Sultan is also fucked yeah. up for the record. But, Why is yeah. the... He just wanted to marry his daughter. Fat little happy man. He was being mind controlled into marrying his daughter. With the but snake the cane. Well, we're not talking about There's that. no mind control. We're not talking about <laughs> I know, but I am. Talking I was always Disney talking about but Jafar. But I am. For the record, you were talking about Jafar with the goat, the black goatee. Yeah, <laughs> it is interesting to me, like how obviously wicked Doru is, and that he's associated mm. with, and that they're keeping him around. Yeah, like that part. Some of that's not driving for this me is, as much, but this is so interesting for me, and I, I really want to peel back Thomas's opinion on this. Did you feel like in our reads that Doru was that high? Is is it is it a problem with the format that they're like they're obsessed? Yeah, with I think so. Because like when you're yeah. binge reading, God damn it! <laughs> so I feel like I probably got to chapter sixteen in like the second or third yeah. setting at most when I was reading it. So probably like a day after I started reading. So it's not like you're not sitting on things and thinking about them and ruminating right. them so much. Mm-hmm. So I do think. I mean, I do come into this like I'm looking for stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I think uh, just as the I way you, you started in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. But I. It's a morbid curiosity for me. There are several things that I'm like, especially on a reread, it was like, this is so obvious. I'm an idiot. I know. I know for a fact that I approach these books that we do on the show like very differently from like if I were to just read, which I don't do often. The short pores versus the standard reads, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I know I approach them differently. I know I scrutinize everything a lot more. So I've it's hard to Yeah. I feel like I'm usually just chilling when I read because I don't want to build up a narrative in my head and then not meet it and then it's like messed up. So I just while I'm reading, I am team no hype to myself <laughs> while reading. But there are times when like I'm reading something and I figure it out and it doesn't impact it at all. I'm just like, you know, I like being right. I'm smart. Uh, but in general, I think I'm just like a vibes reader. So it is this format. Me too, Thomas. Right. I'm a vibes reader. 
Me and Thomas feeling the vibe. vibe. Abercrombie is the best. Now we are at chapter 17. Night at the Lilac Divine. Ooh, sexy. (laughs) (laughs) We're keeping all of it in. Lon pays a visit to the Lilac Divine Gentleman's Club. Though he has gone there for an escape, the recent troubles facing the clan and Shay's unraveling of some of the mountain's actions at the Jade Mines weigh on him very heavily. After enjoying psalms and sets with Uni, a charm girl, he is woken from his poised oh he's a he is awoken from his post coital nap with news that the mountain has whispered Hilo's name. Wait, and not just whispered, he's awoken with bloody Make tar. My, make tar. I just want to say Mike because of the way it's spelled. It's spelled like Mike, Same. though. It's spelled like saying. Mike to me. <laughs> I, 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 how did you spell Mike? You said you called up the Mike, though. Mike. It's like Mike. Mike. Hot and heavy, but I like this sex scene a lot better than the first one. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And we're getting a time passage here. Like We've got like a solid month has passed since the last chapter. What? Since since Shay was in the mine, okay. Oh, really? But yeah. th- there's there's at least it in in between chapter. It's like a time jump. Yeah, there's a bit of a time jump. Do they talk between, about it? They uh, missed that. Fourteen. It's part of the chapter. Sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah it totally. Is. Okay. Basically, we've seen within this week about two weeks transpire. Okay. Yeah. Ish. Plus, a, sorry, two weeks and then a month. So it's right six weeks. Okay. Yeah. This like this seems like it's like a month later. That's that. That was kind of what yes. I got. Yeah, from chapter yep. sixteen. Yeah, yep. But process. Like I said earlier, it seems pretty fucking stupid to go to a whorehouse without bodyguards and then take off all of your jade and put it in a safe. Can all right. I totally agree with you. I think that, I'm sorry. You're the pillar, idea. but at the same time. Can you not feel the idea of like being want to be rid of your power fantasy? Okay, and, like, bring being, your like, bodyguards. Jesus, <laughs> put him oh. in the hallway. It's insane. He's at one of his establishments, basically. Though it's so. insane. Yeah, right. There's also, Anyways. though, Unique says she's practically a stone eye. There's the implication that she could be impacted if he wore the full weight of his jade, presumably. Yeah. Oh, that's true too. Like. Can you have sex with somebody that has jade on them if you're not a stone eye? Don't know if we know. But I think he says could that be he fun. could be <laughs> That's yeah, he does. That's a good point. I mean, you could have sex with anyone provided they're a willing participant. Yes. But like that's <laughs> I mean, consent that jade so so jade <laughs> enhances thank you. Jade enhances senses. So taking off your jade is effectively putting on a condom. That's I had that exact same thought, PJ. I swear to God, <laughs> it's a power no, condom. It's, it's, it's not a real. No, it's condom. like the opposite of taking ecstasy to have <laughs> sex. Like, it's like, un- on, like it's like negative stuff. ecstasy. <laughs> so we gotta figure this, this out. This is Jay. so interesting. I we 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 need we need to talk about this as a group. So <laughs> I'm gonna give it to Aaron first. Okay. And we'll go to Ben, PJ, and we'll go around. <laughs> ben, do you have a lot side. to say about the sex scene? I, I didn't get that idea from it. Well, I agreed with PJ that it's like putting on a condom, but then I was saying it's like it's the opposite of taking ecstasy or Molly or something to have sex. You're like you're lessening the experience by 
taking away your senses. I thought I interpreted it as his senses are so heightened that taking it off allowed him to kind of relax longer. and <laughs> no, like relax and like go with the flow and, and enjoy it more and shockingly Ben and I are get less, Again, get out of his head more fourth time. This episode. Yeah, I think P- PJ, PJ and I are aligned. You and Ben cross and Ben are aligned. And then Thomas is here. And he I was able to enjoy it more PJ's as a result. Thoughts. So, we, so I, yeah, right. based on the way they've described Jade, it feels like it's a perpetual tin enhancement to to bring it towards. No, it's not everyone knows that. So I know. Okay, so it, it essentially feels like they are always at heightened senses in feeling, in perception, in speed senses. Like senses in general are heightened. So like. When you take that away, everything is dull comparatively. And like they're so used to having their jade on them, they've become used to it. That's their normal, that's their baseline. So, like, they're operating at a deficit of feeling. That's where I was going with it. That was not necessarily my like. They talk about the weight of jade and like, like the, the wearer, even though they have all these heightened senses like that can be difficult. It like puts you on edge. If you wear too much Jade, then you're like, like you've had too much caffeine kind of type thing going on. And so him taking it off allowed him to like relax and then be less in his head, be less aware and kind of go with the flow of of the, of the sexy time (laughs) is kind of how I saw that. Open himself up for assassination. (laughs) No big deal. All right, I we have to give Thomas time on the clock. So I came down more on the side of Frost and PJ, where I thought it was almost like I mean, he says it's like having sex with the lights off or in a dark room, right? So it's just a dampening and yeah. allows him to be in the moment. Thomas, that's less- that's me and that's Cross and Ben, and then me and PJ yeah. are on the yeah, side. Right. You right. picked the wrong. But, you, you but split PJ up the and sides. I have similar parallels. We just didn't <laughs> agree on the the immediate focus of the moment, character wise. You're right, though. Just pick the right corner. All right. So Ben and I believe <laughs> emotionally and and it and reactionally, sensorily, he's trying to deprive himself in some ways and make himself more normal. And Aaron and PJ have predominantly been talking about the fact that it might be something else. There, it's like a, a devaluing of senses. In uh, I, I don't think that's the intention. I, okay, I think right. the intention is to protect her from contact with oh. Jade. I didn't because get, she's not a stone. I didn't get that. Like, I, I, I think that like that's the intention. I didn't because, get that sense. Like, I disagree with PJ. I'm in my own corner. I have a sense. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I think. How do you feel? It's I don't think I can there. say it for reasons. But Hilo and the make Pull sister. Out, what's, what's the feeling? The she's immune. Right. Pull Is Uni so not a Stoni? She not a Stoni. She says she's practically one, but we don't know. What's practically exactly. mean? Yeah. In the context. Maybe Lon is just trying to last longer and lowering his sense itself. It's not worth this. Time. But he's also not at the same time. Like that's that's he the came whole thing. More like, quickly, weren't you reading? <laughs> he, yeah, then he, he wanted to than he thought he would. 
<laughs> he's pulling himself down in a way. It's it's just this whole thing of where like I I think there there's this other side of the story which is that Lon wishes to be a normal person, and that is so crazy on the surface level of the position that he's in where he has all this power. And you always want what you especially can't have. in this scene is when it becomes omnipresent almost. I, I've listened to this chapter four times today. Not for all the <laughs> like cool and whatever. Oh, the fuck. I, I listened to it four. And boy are my arms <laughs> tired. So. <laughs> left, right, left, right. Two times, huh? Wow. So, switch. Yeah, I mean, You've been busy. You know, four <laughs> times. Yeah. I had a lot of time the day after my birthday. Oh my but he must be worn out. Stamina. <laughs> The core point being, though, that there's a lot of emotionality to this moment of, like, choosing to open yourself up to something and, like, removing your power from the situation, trying to, like, meet someone where they are. And even if it's, especially if it's someone who's a sex sex worker, like, it's, you just want to have that experience and own the whole thing front to back and feel it, really. And I think if no one else, Lon wants to feel that in the moment. <laughs> At least we know which chapters you're listening to over and over again. <laughs> I, he makes a, a great, beautiful point, and you just make a I'm masturbation. An incredible joke. Point. <laughs> it's, it's a porn joke. You made a very poignant point, very pretty. God damn. I would ask two questions God to the it. group based on that. I think. Do we think? I'm going to ask them both now so that when we get distracted, they're both on the record. Do we think Lon wants to be a normal person or just a lower-ranking Greenbone, perhaps? And then, got the other one. Oh, I feel like he came to the Lilac Divine for that sense of normalcy, more so than anything else. I think Lon is trying to relax. He's going to the massage parlor. It's a great massage that involves a happy ending and And he's just trying to relax. I don't think, I don't see it as him trying to be normal or a lesser green bone. I see it as him. Like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's just trying to have a fucking night out to relax Mm. and possibly get murdered without bodyguards or his Jade. I definitely (laughs) think that Lon, if, if given, if he thinks, if he could, I think he would give up being a green bone and that's part of why he respects Shay so much and is like, okay with the decision that she made. And yeah, I do think he wants to be a, he seems to struggle with just like awareness, not only like his heightened awareness of his green bone senses and his Jade senses or whatever, but his just like self-awareness and like, his awareness of where he's at, what's required of him in his role. Like he just struggles with everything that's kind of being asked of him. And he's like, I don't want this. That's the vibe I get from Juan a lot of the time. He just wants a nap because he can't sleep because of the crickets and the mice. I think he would choose to give up his, his Jade abilities altogether and the opportunity. I don't know if that's his motivation here. I don't I don't know if it's truly connected. This is a means of going out and and taking his mind off things for a little while. I know I've been kind of shit posting on like the the reason behind why he took off his jade. I I think there could probably be a multitude of reasons. Probably most of them are true. I think he's wanting to just feel like a normal person. I think he wants to 
protect the person that he's with. I think he, uh, I mean, those are the two main ones, right? And it's just like, this is kind of a sad scene for him. Like he's thinking about his wife a lot of the time, like yeah. not the best, like until uni gets her hands between his thighs. I mean that he does think about his no, wife. No, then he's like, and then he forget, yeah. he's quickly forgets. Right. But that sadness, even though like he dissolves, you know? like part of yeah. that, like I think is like taking the jade off and like not having to think about some of that stuff. And just like, he's sad about his wife and soft. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think at its core, this yeah. is a, deeply heartbreaking chapter because his life is so transactional that he has to pay not just like for sets but for the comfort of company right and he knows that it's like reality yeah in some degrees and it's also sort of the idea of intimacy mm-hmm. he's sharing walls with people like if he's got his jade on he can he can feel everyone around him that must be to a certain he, degree. And they're kind of near the end. He can't, like he talks about like how he knows that this girl's like faking it and like, but she's like really good at it. And he appreciates that. She's like putting in that effort and like making him feel that intimacy and care. But on a level, he's like, he understands that I'm paying for this. And this is kind of like a sad deal. So yeah, it just makes me feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for him. He got his rocks off. Mm. <laughs> Good for you. That's fair. fair. Real weird in a green bone brothel with all the perception going on. <laughs> they probably have ways to deflect. Nice. I bet Lon got wall. his whole. Lon, he had a private wall. performance. I'm sure they like empty the place out for him. Maybe if we're done with oh man the intricacies of Lon Lon's uh, night out. What do we make of the mountain whispering Hilo's name? Baron, is he dead? <laughs> well, I thought so until these fuckers started acting all suspicious. <laughs> do, 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 not believe, do you, you believe? Do you not believe? I <laughs> we didn't understand think, what you were saying, truly. I don't think this person killed Hilo and immediately went and told Lon about it. I think this person well, make killed the messenger. I'm not saying kill Mate killed Hilo. him. Make Ken. Is it Make Ken? Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm looking Make at Ken. it. Yeah. I remember. I think he heard Hilo's name whispered. He's covered and in blood. Said it. That guy, whoever said it from the Mountain Clan. Oh, you think, think Hilo's he, fine? I think he killed what, the messenger. Why would he come? Why wouldn't he go to Hilo then? Why would he go to Lon at the whorehouse covered in blood? Because that's a good question. I think he, Lon, he only went. To, I, think he, he, I think he knows he, that Lon is the one that actually has the opportunity to do anything about it in a meaningful way and get them to like call off that whisper. As I the don't pillar. know. I think something like, happened. I don't think something Hilo would have happened. Could to, do anything about it? Something had to have happened to Hilo to make make any of the makes go to Lon because they're like Ben said, they're the bitch boys. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I, I think maybe he's injured, not dead at this point. And so, yeah, that's a possibility too. Something yeah. happened okay. to Hilo is what I'm saying. I do think he, he's been harmed. I think he's fucked up. Yeah. If my mate Ken is covered in blood, that's not his own. Right. Specifically. And like his general vibe when he showed up, he seemed very like, fuck. Yeah. Very fu- fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
dude. Like, Fuck, dude. <laughs> they fucking whispered his name, bro. That's the kind of general vibe I got from that he's a bitch boy. situation. So it seems like something bad has happened to Hilo. Whether he's dead or not, I don't know. Sure. I would do say we think it was, I lean towards no. But it would be a good twist if he is dead. Do we think it was actually the mountain? Or do we think it was the gang that he fucked with? Hmm. Maybe uh, maybe it was. I feel uh, like the mountain's strong enough that it'd be hard to fake that. What if it was Barrow? You know? So like, PJ, are you suggesting <laughs> or Barrow? Barrow more dangerous to fake it than yeah. I don't know than what, but it just to, be very to fake a whisper campaign. Yeah, that feels also, difficult. Yeah. Also, Ben, were you suggesting that it was Barrow in the middle there? He goes, what if it was Barrow? Yeah, what if you had some involve, involvement? That would be pretty ambitious. And how did he jump to that level well, I mean, of probably, power? He's got to help. at the, He would have to get help at that point. From mo- six mo- weeks. I mean, yeah. like between A and B. But I'm just saying, yeah. Well, Barrow must be dead then. Because how is he going to fuck? Well, he that could be his blood. Like he could have showed up, tried to kill Hilo. And then he got got by the makes. And I could get behind that. I don't think Mate Ken would show up to the whorehouse and interrupt Lon if that was Barrow's blood. It has to be Hilo's blood, whether he's alive or dead. Fair. This is a game of Clue, and or the Mountain did it. Did Did you go? I'm sorry, PJ. Did you go down this road already? Of is this a make setup? Are like the makes up to shit? Are uh, Are we like no, setting up Lon for path. a trap right now? Are they showing up covered in blood? Saying, like, come with me. Come with us. Like every few Hilo's chapters for Darrow. Come, yeah. come with me. And then Broke fell down a cliff. Exactly. And then it's it's Broke died. <laughs> yeah. And then it's a Dead. it's a uh, trap for for Lon, taking advantage of this point where he's just come out of like not Putting wearing his jade his back shade. On. Now he's got his jade back on. He's maybe not thinking straight. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the makes are up to some stuff. I think Hilo's dead. There's no plot armor. Everyone dies. Ooh. I would kind of like it. I would like it. Like a Hilo death here just because that's going to be like, first of all, that raises the stakes of this book like a crazy amount right away. And then that is a big problem for Lon like yeah. to solve and I don't know how he's going to deal with that. He so doesn't that have a, a wound poppy Danwa in line for <laughs> yeah. the horn. Mm. Yeah. So I would be on board with that if that's the way we're going with the story, but it, I don't know. I don't think, I think Hilo's still alive. So if Feels anyone like has listened to words and whiskey before, we know that I take down high level bets like Aaron's bet in this moment. <laughs> So this is a bet, Aaron, for a drink later. Done. You just made <laughs> unwittingly. Ready. So it's it, we'll pay it off when it happens. I or pay if it my debts. Who, so, <laughs> okay. What are the sides of the bet? So Aaron drinks if she's wrong. Aaron, Aaron no, we all okay. drink. Well, the host drink. You and I, Thomas. Okay. Sorry, Thomas. Are agreeing to drink if Aaron is wrong. If she's wrong, we drink. The bet is. If she's she's right, right. sorry. If she's right, we drink. If she's wrong, she drinks. Either way, I drink. (laughs) And I I, drink to that. I'll drink to that. I think I like the. (laughs) We're pre-drinking, but yes. 
What if, uh, we could do a sort of we're not going to new- do matrix right now. No, no, but newbies versus like veterans. Yeah. Thing <laughs> we're we're all on different sides though. From PG. our side, drinks and well, one right. person. It's, it's the conspiracy corner <laughs> versus the experience quadrant. <laughs> it doesn't mean that everybody <laughs> has to drink men in black. <laughs> yeah yeah you guys are men in black around here i like being the men in black i hate it with that <laughs> pj to your point if i call out aaron i'll take the drink specifically versus yep. if yeah all right okay you and me cross so, hilo is dead nice shake on it when soon no he's already dead okay he's currently dead i'm taking that back to my boy tough all right Anyone else want to make a bet? Anything else on chapter 17 before we get into closing thoughts and bets, of which we will now be posing <laughs> at the end of each episode? We've, episode? We're, we're in a bit now. We've got a new bit. I'm so excited. Well, I mean, if if people have bets every episode, but closing thoughts. This, this set of chapters had so much meat to it. And, you know, again, the world is expanding we know more about the government. We know more about each character. I'm like starting to care about certain characters. Starting to get frustrated with the the pace of the reading just because like I'm ready to like bust this shit <laughs> out. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 70 pages a week isn't, isn't enough. No, I'm no, so sorry. Yeah, it's it's like, gonna only get faster. Yeah. No, it's I'm not I'm just saying like the it's it's good and I want to I want to, to just keep like, going, yeah. kind of bust it out. And every time we get to a point where I need to stop, I'm like, shit. It's always a little cliffhanger. Yeah. Closing question for you, beautiful, beautiful co-host. Babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beautiful baby. <laughs> beautiful baby. You don't even know it. <laughs> You're so your fucking money. money. That's what this, anyway, there's been a lot of discussion. Kilo good at gangster shit. Some of our heroes accused of being gangsters. If they are, do you feel guilty rooting for them? Do you feel able to root for them? Or is there some sort of inherent baggage with that that would prevent you from being wholly on their side? I mean, I'm I'm always going to, and I, I wanted to bring it up earlier. I can't remember if I did or not, but just the idea of like, who's the good, who are the good guys in this story? I don't care if we're rooting for the bad guys, rooting for the gangsters. I'm fine with it. I'll still have fun with the story. Yeah. I'm okay with it. with it. I mean, I'm not going to be like cheering on Hilo just ever. Probably, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. He could, he could, he could do some stuff to make me feel better about him. But like Lon, I feel like even though he's a gangster, he's got a deep sense of honor about him that I really respect, and like a sadness kind of about what he's doing. And so that I don't see me, Lon as a gangster. That makes me like him. Yeah. And and then the other person that I'm really rooting for is Shay, and she's someone who's kind of like pushing against it. So and then we'll see what happens with Andon, but he seems like a, a character that is just kind of bright eyed, naive, and we'll see what kind of like terrible, difficult decisions he has to make later on and and how he deals with that, if he does. And I think that will inform how I feel about his character. Well, I'm rooting for the mountains, so I'm clearly not feeling <laughs> <She's> guilty. <evil. laughs> I'm so here to win. Evil. She's just a Mata, or what is it? Mata, Mata Madam. Mata Madam. Mata Madam. I'm just here to win. 
And I'm picking the winning team. Wow. All bets are off, except for the bet I made with Cross. I'm going to say if we're not following right. them throughout every chapter, they're probably not the winning team. You don't know, okay. Fonda. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the whole story will flip at some point. Have you met that Fonda? That was part of Conspiracy Corner in, in episode one. So... Yeah, I, maybe. So if maybe that happens, I get. Yeah, credit. maybe the calls are the bad guys. <laughs> so no, I don't feel guilty. And you know, everyone likes gangster. Everyone likes you know mafia movies and stuff. Like you're already as long as I can see like human characters. Like it doesn't really matter like what their job is. And and there are like I have a harder time seeing it with like Hilo seeing like the human aspect qualities of him, but like. Um, but I'm they're sure they're there. there. Yeah, yeah, they're there. There's like his love for his family and for Andin and for Andin and stuff like that. So like that helps me empathize with them. And then especially you can see it with like Lon and Shay and those types of characters. So like even if they do a bad thing or have a bad job, you can still see them as a human. And that's just a when they're well written characters like that. So that it doesn't matter kind of what's going on at that point. Like I have a hard time with people being like, well, everybody in this sucks. You know, they're all bad guys. And well, it's like, they're still within that storytelling. Human yeah. Humans. Yeah. And so Multidimensional. it doesn't mean that you can't empathize with them still. Those people would never love Joe Abercrombie. Yeah. It's like all of them are flawed. I mean, one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I'm, ro- I'm rooting fucks. for all of the first lock characters. <laughs> yeah. My literal favorite character of all time is Jamie Lannister. And he is, Fucking his sister right. and and scumbag. He throws, he, throws a, he throws a child out the window. <laughs> yes, and he throws a child out a window. So, but like that's literally one of my favorite characters ever. So, I didn't know that. Oh my god, you're oh, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's disgusting. I'm so excited for the rest of the series to unfold, so we learn so much more about each other. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Me like too. Good. <laughs> Thomas with your little your angel name? halo. Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I love it too. So with that, I, I want to give space. Anything else that anyone wanted to say about the book this week so far? I I'm like excited it. for more. Cool. I feel like we've been I pretty like pretty good about just, making sure we hit all the points. So I'm feeling just good about making it. Making sure. Dude, get a double no, check. Good. All right. But with that, next week, we are going to be reading chapters, the first interlude through 25. So 18.5 or whatever you want to call it. The first interlude through chapter 25. So that's where we'll leave you for this week. Thank you, as always, to our producers, Tim and Andrew, for helping us keep our show's lights on. Also, check out the links in the show notes where you can find our schedule our patreon our previous episodes our websites our social media accounts all in one very nice easy location and everyone else of course of whom is a part of the show you can find Heike obsessed you can find hellerbod in atomic pylon media instead of those links as well in case you're looking for them words whiskey pod on twitter instagram and reddit words and whiskey show at gmail.com patreon.com Forward slash words and whiskey and t-shirts on T Public. Aaron, do you want to do you want to lay out? Yeah, lay out the, the review. Na- the names threshold. that you would whisper. If oh yeah, and please rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we will send 
angry little bitch boy Barrow after you, <laughs> and it he'll slash your tires. <laughs> he will slash your tires <laughs> at a minimum, <laughs> and you'll get fired. <laughs> and then you can't you feed not. yourself. <laughs> so better do five stars. <laughs> five stars only. Thank you all so much for showing up for the show. We we adore it. We're so glad that everyone is here. The first episode reaction was so fucking cool. We're recording this on the same day. It was wild. Got so many good good messages across the board. So it's very exciting. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun. Thank you guys. See you next week. So until okay, next bye. time, remember. Gold and Jade. Oh, we need like a closing. Say you just Aaron a thief. Aaron a thief. 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 Thief.